Doctor. Doctor Who. Doctor Who, did you say? Hey, Doctor Who. What are you talking about? Jimmerish, or do you really know what you're talking about? What's your history with this tale then, Ian? Uh, probably similar to most sort of fans that have been you know, watching Doctor Who for a bit. Is it when when I was sort of uh, a young fan growing up, it was um, a mythical story. Mm. This was the best Doctor Who story ever filmed. The people that were Luckily, the elder fans, the elder statesman fans that have actually seen it live would tell us all about it and how amazing it was and how, you know, different plot points and stuff that happened. And uh, and we, we we didn't have any real, no telesnaps of it, no pictures. No one for a long time knew what the sets looked like. Uh, and then the magical news came along that they had found it. Do you remember in, where they found it? Because I can't remember it, where they found Mormon, it. It was a Mormon church somewhere, wasn't it? In, I think, somewhere like that. It was something strange, somewhere really weird that they found it. Um, and the BBC, uh, which I think they rightly did, they, they rushed out. So it scuppered some of their plans. So they, they were in the process of doing the audiobook version of it. Mm -hmm. So they'd, they'd, they'd found a cleaned-up recording, and they'd got, I think... Um, Fraser Hines to, to, no, John Pertwee to do all the linking material. Um, they've s since redone it with a better recording with Fraser Hines doing it, which is a much, much better experience. Mm. Um, but yeah, they, they shelved all that, um, and so they rushed it out onto VHS, and they did a midnight opening at HMV. Yep. I didn't, I didn't, I just went down the next day and collected it. Where did you um, get it from? I got it from W.H. Smith. That's right. Yep. <laughs> oh, well, I, I worked for him at the time, so I used to get 25% off of all my oh, right. stuff. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, immediately you know, rushed home, popped it in. Um, absolutely loved it. Uh, it. It's not the perfect classic that, you know, I mean, there's no way it could have lived up to the hype. And immediately, no. almost immediately, became the fan backlash started where... You know, people would go so far as to say it was trash and it was rubbish and it's ruined mm. Doctor Who forever and they're never going to watch it again. I remember usual, all this in Dwubba. It was in yeah, Dwubba exactly, you're yeah. talking about. All this exactly, happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah, it good or not, you know, once they'd actually seen it? Yeah. yeah. And there was a... Yeah, I... So so it, it sort of fell out of love because the, the, the older Statesman fans that were using it as a... A badge of honour that they'd seen it. Suddenly, there was no, there was no currency in that. So they sort of turned on it. A lot of newer fans turned on it. Um, I think it's get re, sort of in the last couple of years, it's had a bit of a resurgence as a, actually, you know what, it is pretty good type idea. Um, but that's true. I think that's true of all 
stories, isn't it? It's like, you know, we, we love the Web of Fear, but that the, there's problems with that. I don't think there is a perfect Doctor Who story. No, and, and you know, story-wise, Tomb of the Cybermen, not an awful lot happens. You know, they wake them yeah. up and then they go back to sleep again. The it's, story, the tale yeah. of the Cybermen, hasn't been advanced a jot in this at all. Well, it's, no, it's, it, I mean, it's one of those weird things where you... Plot-wise, it doesn't make a lot of sense, which we'll get into. Um, the, the Cybermen don't appear until the end of episode three. No, two. Two. Oh, it's two. two. Yeah. 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 Um, so they're only in it halfway through. They 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 get up and then immediately go, go back, back to, to sleep. sleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think this is one of those stories that relies almost entirely upon um, sort of the the feel of it. Hmm. Um, which I, I think this is this is the mummy. This is the closest we've got to a mummy film, like the mummy's tomb or the mummy's hand. You know, the uh, I mean, all the characters are straight out of the nineteen thirties mummy films. That's a problem in itself, which I'm sure we'll get to because mm. obviously it drags all the, the the stereotypes and the the fairly racist stereotypes in with it. Um, but I think it sort of it, it raises above its. It's it's more than the sum of it. No, it's more. It's whatever the phrase is. It's greater than the sum of its parts, isn't right. it? Right. Yeah. Uh, um, because I it, it's I, I think it's probably it's certainly my favourite Troutman. I think it it's up there in my top five Doctor Who stories. I I love it. I, it's my comfort one with the keys of Mariners. Yep. Yep. I'll yep. pop it in, and I'll even though I I must have listened to the soundtrack, you know. A, Hundred times, hundred and fifty times. I've seen it probably fifty or sixty times, but I'll happily sit and watch it. I happily sat and watch it again for this this uh, podcast. I mean, I'd happily go downstairs and watch it after this podcast yes. again. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. sometimes stories are rather a slog. Even classic yes, Who can or, be a slog yeah. sometimes. But I'm I'm thoroughly entertained yes. for all four episodes. Of this me. zips along. My light's just flashed. That was a bit worrying. <laughs> if <Yeah>. I disappear, <laughs> we don't normally get... Watch out for hatches that are opening from yes. below. Oh, well, it could be, yeah. Uh, I'll keep an eye out for any, uh, any space animals. Send your cat down there. She'll sort them out. She'll sort them out. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a thoroughly enjoyable slice of... Of TV, I think. Mm, mm. Um, if I was gonna, if I if I was gonna introduce someone to Doctor Who, um, emotionally, this would probably be one that I'd go sit and watch this. I mean, it's not a good example of Doctor Who, really, because the Doctor is very undoctorish in it, and it's it's a bit atypical for, especially for Troughton Who at the time. In that, you know, there's there's not really any filler in it. It's just it zaps them all. Um, mm. But I would recommend it, yeah, I'd, I'd say, come watch this. Yeah, yeah. You say Universal Mummy films, I'm thinking yeah. Hammer Mummy films. Yes, and, yeah, and, and, yeah. and the way this is filmed, a lot of the actors we'll talk about on behind the scenes well, come, come from the Hammer thing. stable, exactly. Yeah. But I think, you know, I mean, if Hammer had decided to make a Doctor Who film and they decided to make Tomb of the Cybermen, this is how it would look. Yes. This is it, it, it looks and it feels like a Hammer film. Well, can you imagine this remade in the late 60s with Peter Cushion's Doctor? Mm. But what would, that, what would they do with the Cybermen? Make more colourful, I guess. Yeah, colourful Cybermen. Or they would be embarrassing suits with buckets on their head. I don't know. Maybe. 
maybe. Although, uh, to be fair, um, the Cybermen in this story, especially now we can watch it in what is an amazing print. Oh, it's clear, crystal clear. It looks like it was filmed yesterday, but it does show up the fact that all the cyber suits are ripped to pieces and the sets are made out of plywood and stuff. Yeah, but we're watching it in HD. We're watching it in HD and, you know, some of the not-so-special effects that we're going to be looking at i don't i really don't know with black and white small tvs with crappy reception whether some of those things will have actually have been too noticeable been totally hidden. i mean yeah. a lot a lot of what a lot of the faults that you see when you watch it on dvd you didn't see, even see on vhs no you know like the the torn suits and stuff like that um and you know the obvious wires and things yeah. like that so yeah it's the fact we watch it but i i i mean i loved it when they um when they released the dvd and vidfied it because it just it makes it so fresh mm -hmm. oh no it is lovely it is lovely yeah. so let's look at this loveliness shall we yes. um and you say about you know uh, uh peter cushing and I, I get Peter Cushing vibes off of the first scenes where you've got, you know, the Doctor talking to Victoria, basically yes. introducing her to the TARDIS, because he says that it's his home and it's something that he's perfected. Well, this, yeah, this is, this is always one of my bugbears, and especially with modern Who fans, because you're, like, on Facebook groups and that, and people, people will sneer at the, the, uh, the Peter Cushing films going, he's not a Time Lord. He's he invented the TARDIS. At the time in the programme, Hartnell yep. wasn't a Time Lord. Nope. Hartnell invented the TARDIS. And here we have it here. Yeah, and here he, we he, have it here. Yeah. He states he's 450 yep. years old. And, um, you know, uh, Victoria's father, he guesses, would be quite impressed by it. It's yep. something that he's perfected. Well, he's, he's it's said, something. Yeah, he says, I've, I've perfected a rather better model sort of thing. A time travel yeah. machine, yes. Yeah, yeah in, in this... The Doctor is, I mean, he doesn't, I mean, he behaves, everyone assumes he's human. He doesn't sort of, other than the fact he's got great age. Uh, and he, he invented a TARDIS, mm. you know, and, and I'm happy with that. I so am I. You know, I don't mind I don't, it in the yeah. slightest. It's interesting, these first scenes where um, the Doctor introduces Victoria. So because, of, because the sets were so large, uh, they filmed this, they decided to use what a, a bit of their... Uh, filming time, you know, the, the, they they would have like a week to do outside filming, and they decided to use some of that at um, I think Elstree, wasn't it? Yes, to, to film yes. the TARDIS scenes, which gives it the most bizarre echo. Mm. But it sort of fits, doesn't it? It's, it's so because the TARDIS is basically it's a photographic backdrop and the console, isn't it, in mm. this story? But yep. yeah, it's and it's a lovely little scene. Back in the days when it was all just innocent, sort of, because this doctor, Troughton especially, he's a doctor that goes on adventures with his chums. Yes. yes. There's no pretense that this is anything other than, uh, you know, a an adventure. Good adventure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he, he pretty much says it in in yeah. episode four when he says nobody else can do what we do. Yeah. You know. It is. It's an adventure with his friends. Yes. And this is what I love. This is my. This is my version of Doctor Who. It's. It's. Yeah. It. There's no overarching storyline. There's no. He's the most important person in the universe. He's not blah, adored blah, blah, by yeah. the universe. Yeah. He's not adored by the universe. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll. I'll. I'll go on record now as stating it. Doctor Who's gone on too long. 
I, I think it needs resting, it needs axing, it needs whatever it needs doing to it, and then come back in 10 years, I mean, we'll probably be long gone, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and a new generation coming up, it's, it's, it's basically turned into the Marvel Universe now. It's, it's so bogged down with, with its own sort of history. Um, and yet when, you know, when Chris Chibnall tries to go back on that, the fans wrap in arms, mm-hmm. and, and then he he U-turns and goes the other way. Fans wrap in arms. I don't know. I just think it's Doctor Who's had its day. Mm. Let's just enjoy the classics. Yeah, and and this is a classic. I mean, it's you know, that's a classic, a classic scene that we've just had. Then and yeah. and and straight after that, we get this Ooh. rather Ooh, charming. <laughs> there's a rather charming little spaceship model yes. um, in the quarry. I, I, I love it because we're meant to assume or, or, or just understand that everybody that we're going to see, apart from the TARDIS crew, fitted in that little thing yes. that doesn't even seem to have any engines. I mean, it, it is you know, charming. Yeah, it's very charming. And you know full well inside that thing's going to look like 1950s yep. style spaceships and it's going to be a card table yep. some bunks some hammocks <laughs> and some steam pipes it is yeah. lovely i mean you know it reminds me so much of something you might see on the clangers that's a spaceship yes. oh, that would yeah, arrive yeah. on the clangers moon wouldn't it but you don't need anything more no you no. don't need an elaborate you no know, stromo style ship no. I mean, it'd be nice i always think if they're gonna if they you know if if ever you wanted something done on a huge budget this story is perfect for it yeah, you could so have the you, ship landing, yeah. couldn't you? Because yeah, the ship's yeah. just there, isn't it? You know, exactly. we don't need. It's just sit there. They don't even show you the people getting out of the ship. Well, they can't because it's only a model. It's only a model. Um, yeah, um, and uh, that's yeah, when we, we see but them. We get, yeah, we we get some lovely, um, unusual camera angle shots. Yes, don't we? this is yeah. No, normally, when they're this, this is. I suppose this shows up the difference between location filming uh, and studio filming isn't it the location filming they had much more freedom with the cameras to do shots like this so we get that lovely shot from above and below um it's intriguing it's like it draws you in yep yeah it's really the 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 location filming we don't get a lot of it i think there's it's only this first episode don't we yes this is the only Um, time yeah and uh it's lovely. It's it's so above what we're used to. And we, you and I, are used to this quarry. This is the quarry at yes. Gerard's Cross, yep, which we've mentioned quite Gerard's a few times Cross. in our Blake Seven in character uh, it's podcast. It's almost a character in itself, isn't it? The quarry. Yeah, but it's the like you say. Yeah. It's the way it's filmed. Yeah. You know, um, t- tons better than you know some some of the other you know episodes of shows that have been well, filmed in the well, same place. It, yeah, just compare it to. I know it's not the same quarry, I don't think, but the two, um, the the Quark ones, the Dominators, mm, the way yep. that was filmed, which was, which was quite flatly filmed. Yeah, this is. They had to set. They had to send someone up a hill with a camera, didn't they, for this one? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and it pays off as well, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. As long as you can get the camera there, you've got the opportunities for some really good angles if you've got an yeah. eye for it, and uh, uh, they obviously did. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they blow up the side of. Gerard's Cross uh, quarry. Yeah, quite a big explosion as well. Yeah, I see it was bigger than they actually expected yeah. it to be. Um, oh, that special effects guys let them out in the world. And yes. Yeah. 
they'll pack it out with explosives and yeah. flashbangs. Because and... we've already seen our characters, haven't we? We've yes. seen our, our guest characters for today and the uh, the American yes. uh, spaceship crew. What What's your thoughts on the... Uh, air quotes, American spaceship crew. I don't believe for one second that they're American. I mean, Jim, who's like, you know, the co-pilot, I mean, I, I know him from lots of British yeah. shows. I know he's not yeah. American. And it's... Well, it, none of these people are. Yeah. No, and th- these American accents are up there with the gunslingers in yeah. uh, believability. But at least they, they're making an effort. It's not just another, yet another British expedition to another planet. Yeah, they're, they're, they're making an effort. I don't think they're anywhere near as bad as... As, as fans sort of make out, I, do, I think it's a more believable American accent uh, than is given to the captain when he appears in uh, Star Wars, because <laughs> they just overdub him with some gruff American voice. Um, I think he does a good job. It's there, there's a couple of the, the the lesser characters that their American accents is like, oh okay, oh, oh dear, oh dear. Yeah. But no, I, I I like and I like these characters. I like uh, um, Captain Hopper. He's a, a great character. There's a bit. These feel like human beings. He's a, he's a fun, cast is yeah, good, yeah. He's a funny one, one though, because the way he's portrayed and the way the actors act in him, it's like he's going to be the hero of the show. Yes, but yeah. he keeps wandering off and back to his spaceship. He goes away he keep, for a very long he time. He keeps pulling a Gandalf in the Hobbit. He does. So. Yes. Right, let's attack that. Oh, I just got to go. <laughs> um, yeah, you think he's going to be the 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 gung ho hero? And yeah, he keeps quite rightly going. Yeah, I'm, I'm going back to repair my spaceship. Thank you very much. Hmm. He just he appears at opportune moments, doesn't he, to give them food and anoraks. And yes, things. yes. But I do. I do like him. I love his his byplay with Victoria. Is just superb. You mean Vic? Vic. Hey, yes. Vic. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I also like. You know, we've well, we've got two and a half villains. Um, yes. This yeah. this week we got two and a half adversaries, and they they're not given a, a you know a big introduction. They're just there amongst all the other characters, and you know it takes a while for all these characters, good and bad, to come forward, don't they? You know. Yeah. There's no. What I, I like about this, all the characters, their their characteristics come out in show don't tell. Mm. Whereas, yeah, it could so easily be. Um, you know, the the these people are evil. This is why they're evil. This is the cowardly character. This is why he's coming. But it's sort of it's a natural progression. You know, we don't find out that Viner is a bit wishy-washy and cowardly. You know, he's not really a coward. And to, it's his actions. Mm. You know, it, it's, it's it's really nicely scripted. This. Yeah. This first scene. You know where they expose the doors to the you know the tomb and everything. I mean, yeah. um, there's nothing telegraphed that you know Kaftan or Klieg or Toberman are actually going to be the bad guys. Um, well, uh, other than obviously they're foreigners. Well, that was the, that that, yeah. that that was the thing. I mean, this is a time where yeah, you've got Americans yeah. and you've got English, and then you've got. Well, Toberman's accent, I mean, I don't even know what Toberman's accent is because he speaks very little. But definitely, yeah, Kaftan and Klieg, this is a time where you, you have a time, a term at the time was swarthy. You have a yeah. swarthy character, that person can't be trusted. Exactly. And this wasn't just Doctor Who, this was the Avengers, mm-hmm. um, you know, a- any of the ITC series. As soon as you had a 
uh, a vaguely Middle Eastern character, they were never going to be the hero. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I think um, uh, George Pastel uh, as Cleek, he does a better job than Shirley Cooklin. I'm not enamoured of Shirley Cooklin's uh, acting. But also, I mean, you know, last week we um, we were mentioned it, it wasn't the case with the Celestial Toymaker, but it certainly was the case with Mavic oh. Chen, Chen, is that she has got makeup on to make yes. her out to be from a different yeah, area she, of the world than she actually is. I mean, yeah, she's, she's Shirley, you know, yeah. but you're meant to understand that she's Middle Eastern or something. Yeah, well, she... Because she's she was the wife of the producer, wasn't she? She was. Um, so... And it, I, I love it in interviews that where they say, "Oh no, she 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 got the the gig through talent. It, there was no nepotism. Bollocks. She got the job <laughs> because she was the wife of someone in the production. Because she's not she's she's adequate, but she's not very good. I mean, there's a couple of like like there's a, a lovely little sequence where um, Cleeg, who I, he's brilliant. George Pastel is just brilliant. He, he played this sort of character in a lot of shows. I know so many the, Hammer films yeah. where well, his yeah. performance is exactly the it's same exactly, as this. Yeah. It was he's, amazing when I watched this the first time. And it's like, yeah. I know him. And yeah, I know. he's doing exactly what this, he did in The Mummy and stuff like this. Yeah, this is, this is, the, this is an A to Z of, of well-known British character actors, isn't it? This, mm. entire, uh, this entire story. Almost everyone is someone you know from something else. Um, but there's a lovely scene where um, uh, where uh, the the leader of the, well, the the leader of the expedition, the professor Professor uh, Perry. Perry, yeah, hmm. uh, where he and again he's very recognisable, where he's sort of berating um, uh, Eric and that, and it, Eric, it's nice that you've got a character named after you, isn't it? Yes. Um, so Eric goes, uh, he goes, whose money paid for this expedition? And it should be this brilliant line afterwards where where Cafton goes, mine. And it, she's putting down both Eric Cleeg and Professor Parry mm. because Cleeg's just assumed that, you know, he's, he's one of these big-headed ones. He's just assumed that because Cafton, air quotes, works for him, it's what's hers is his and she puts him down really nicely but she blows the line mm. almost the way she delivered it it's like oh okay mm. yeah all right well kaftan there she is i mean they yes, found these doors is, yeah. they know that this is telos they've traveled to telos i think that um well telos they telos yeah Mo- which Mo- i thought that's perfect isn't it because that that is something that british archaeologists would dread would be tea loss tea loss yes oh yeah 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 or coffee loss um coffee loss that was the american yeah yeah. um but yeah i mean you know the moon base the story the moon base i think that's set in like 2070 2070 yes yeah and this is like 500 years later they say in episode four they're gonna they've slept for 500 years so yeah here here we are in 2570. 70, yeah. Yes. Or yeah. yeah. So quite quite a way forward um, in the Cybermen's history. Well, this is something we are going to get tied up in knots in. Yes. When we oh. do our Cybermen episodes, is the, the, the history of, especially the history of Cybermen and Earth. You yeah. know, oh, just it gets very, very confusing. Yes. Very confusing. But right now, uh, yeah. the Cybermen have passed into myth, haven't they? they yes. Everyone yeah, thinks they, that they, they're dead. 
yeah, the, everyone everyone thinks they were just a myth. Um, but some people know that they did exist, but they they they're dead and wiped out. And uh, Professor Parry somehow has, you know, you followed some sort of trail, and he's worked out that that they come from Telos, Telos and he thinks yes. their 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 tomb is here. I mean, did they did they only have one tomb? Did they cover the whole of Telos? I'd like to know how they know. narrowed it down, and they know yeah. the doors are behind that rock face, which they blow yeah. up. Also, I mean, that, halfway up a mountain. Yeah, but it's not subtle archaeology, is it? You know, no. I mean, Indi even Indiana Jones wouldn't, you know, if there was a, you know, a hidden tomb behind a rock face, blow it up to get to the doors. Yeah, I, I get the feeling these archaeologists are. Not really that good, are they? I mean, if, uh, there's a beautiful scene later on where um, where Viner says, um, "Don't touch anything until we've uh, we've catalogued it all," and then pulls out a pad and a pen. <laughs> wow, it's going to take you a while. What are you going to draw pictures of it? This is the yeah. 26th century, yeah. you know, and he's got a pad and a pen. Yeah, yeah, bless him. Yeah. So I don't think this is the world's most competent. No, they're not. I think they're the cheapest yeah. ones, you know, Kaftan could find. Um, yes. And I think that's why when she offers, you know, 50 quid, 50 quid. to somebody to open the door, um, one of the blokes steps forward. Um, yeah, they, in, in the book, they revise it to 500 quid. But even that's a bit. Not a in the 26th now, century, 20th, that's yeah. not much, is it? I mean, at some point, I'm presuming they, they revalue the money because, yeah, 50 quid for the first person that ever saw they should have got that's like that would be like offering someone 50p to yes do it, <laughs> so, what no do it yourself you stupid cow go on open it well i'm um, guessing in that yeah. case then the bloke that steps forward is really hard on his luck because be hard, he decides really. to try it out and um yeah. and is fried um and nobody seems to understand what's happened to him i mean i, I would have thought it's pretty obvious that the doors are electrified yeah well the fact that he touches them, <laughs> screams in pain, and, and then falls electric down dead. sparks come out. <laughs> and they're all looking, going, oh, how did he die? Was it heart attack? Did he? Was the excitement too much for him? Um, but then we get that, we get another one that's a classic Troughton sort of era thing. Uh, the TARDIS lands from the sky. Yes, yep, there yeah. is that. It does land, doesn't it? It yeah. doesn't appear, it lands. It lands. Yes. Um, which which happens in a few, you know, it happens in um, uh, Fear from the Deep. It happens in quite a few stories. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it happened all the time in TV comic. Yeah. Um, but a lot of fans will now, <coughs> you know, do cartwheels to get around the fact that that's not what it means, you know. Because I mean, I think Viner says something landed over there. I circled yeah. down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like it sounded like an engine. Um, What's weird though is when we see the long shot of the doors, it's only a model. Um, yep. There's no, it's 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 on the side of a hill. There's nothing in front of it. Nope. And yeah, when when they're when they're there, when they they finally appear in studio, when the doors are there, there's a backdrop behind them, a photographic backdrop which shows other hills, and they turn round and that's where the doctor comes over from. So yes. It didn't exist five minutes ago. Well, that's why it's there, so he, they can wander yes, around, yeah. you know. And, yeah, this is the 60s, and um, I like the way, you know, they are treated with suspicion, but as soon as the yeah. doctor talks, it's basically, oh, it's yeah. all right, he's English. So, yeah, therefore, yeah, you can this, relax because he's English. Uh, yeah, you can read into that that they're going, yeah, it's all right, he's white. <laughs> he's yeah. not a foreigner. 
Um, we can trust yeah, it's him. It's lovely. We get we get a lovely American thing. Uh, it's okay. I got it <laughs> from yes. uh, the second in command. It's like, oh, you, oh, don't don't be doing that. I wonder why they wouldn't. Why they couldn't just? I mean, I have the captain American. You didn't need the rest of the crew. No, no. American. Um, mm. But yeah, so the the doctor and party appear, and luckily, I mean, luckily, I mean, what are the chances of it? The doctor decides to bring his heavy cloak and yes. coat thing. Never done it before. Never no. do it again. Does it on the one story where they go down into cold tombs. Plot convenience. Plot yes. Convenience. Um, and then immediately, yeah, they're suspicious of them. Uh, and I love Fraser Hines in this. This is a really good Fraser Hines story. He's immediately, despite the fact they're pointing guns at him, he's like, "You want to dust up, mate? Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm Scottish. Let's have a wee loudy. <laughs> Come on. You know, he's brilliant. In fact, the, the entire, I mean, other than other than the people we've mentioned, I think the entire cast do a great job. Victoria's good in this. Troughton's excellent, even if you can't work out what the hell he's doing or what he, what his plan is at all. Um, but yeah, it's this is this is the classic yes. uh, crew for Troughton's time, I think. Yeah. What I can't work out in this scene is, you know, the Doctor says, oh, he's been electrocuted, etc., yeah. etc. Et and they are viewed with suspicion because the Professor thinks that they might be rival archaeologists also oh, looking for yeah. the last remains of the Cybermen. Yeah. And the Doctor and Jamie appear shocked, but you've got two whacking great big images yeah. of well, this, the Cybermen this... either side of the door. This is classic, um, uh, rehearse the script, not seeing the, the set until the day they film in it. Because, yeah, it's like um, they're surprised when they say this is the last resting place of the Cybermen. It's like, well, yeah, duh. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we, I mean, it, this is great. Troughton immediately ekes his way into a position of power without, I mean, he doesn't need bloody psychic paper. No. He just he uses the sheer force of his charm to get, and I love the thing when um, when Viner says he's got archaeologists written all over him, and Troughton goes, um, "Oh, what does it show?" Yeah, and that just set, seals it. Then they don't question the fact whether they're an archaeological team after that. Yep, brilliant, absolutely classic. Yep, yep. <coughs> well, Hopper, the American yes. pilot, you know, um, he's the captain of the ship, and he's calling yeah. a halt to the whole expedition because yeah. you know one of his crew is dead. But he, the, he's the voice of uh, reason. Yes, yeah, they should have. They should have yeah. left then and yeah. there. But the Doctor wants to stay because now it's Cybermen. Yeah. Now he's got to stay, hasn't he? Yeah. This is this is the start of the. What, what, what's what's the Doctor's plan here? So yeah, because because this almost feeds in to the trial of a Time Lord, you know, when the Time Lord, when the Valyard was saying, you force your companions to do things that put me in, so, that them in danger. And this is classic, isn't it? So Victoria's like, let's go. And Jamie's like, yeah, I don't want to tangle with these again. And the Doctor's like, no, we're staying. Why? As soon as that name was mentioned, Cyberman. Yeah, he's... what? Because if he'd have left at that point, I think everything would have sort of been all right. Well, all he has to do is tell Hopper, set some more of your bombs, bury the doors again, you go back to Earth in your spaceship, forget all about this, it's too dangerous, and then they leave in the TARDIS. But then we wouldn't have the story, would we? No. So it's a good job he does do it, I suppose. Mm. He does help him. Yeah, so he, uh, he uses that little electrical device, which I think is the same one from Web It is. It is, yes. Um, And I love... This little scene is is definitely 
under rehearsed, I think, isn't it? Because I love the fact that Troughton is sort of moving it about. Going, where's where's the metal bit? Because yeah. it's obviously magnetized. So he finds that. If you look carefully, there yeah. is a dot, and apparently yes. that's the yeah. magnet for him to stick yeah. it to. That's <laughs> yeah, brilliant. And then he tries to open it, but puts his foot against it. Yeah, if you if but, you know yeah. it's coming, you can see yes. he's holding the door shut with his foot, which is brilliant. Yeah. I mean, it's really they've obviously realised this is an issue because Bernard Harley. Um, he steps in front and you can't when Troughton's doing it you can't really see what he's doing it's like clever stuff but then when Jamie does it he's the shot's slightly off then mm. and you can see Jamie's foot against it um, but yeah it's a, so the doctor can't open it so Jamie has a go but he, he hasn't had his breakfast yet so <laughs> he, uh, he can't do it no but luckily Kaftan has a yes. servant oh man yeah Right. The elephant in the room, this, isn't it? Yes, here he is, Toberman, yeah. her servant, Toberman, yeah. yes, who um, is asked by the doctor to open the door. Um, yeah, he, he's played as the the stereotypical sort of black character that in the sort of the early part of last century, this was standard fodder. I mean, mm-hmm. I, it's like... I love The Lost World. I mean, it's a brilliant book, but there's a character in that which is even worse called Zambo. Yes. Um, and they describe him, they say he's got basically the IQ of a dog. Yeah. And it's oh, it's just horrendous, but this is one of those characters where I mean she she basically she's he's his, her slave and she says he's my servant and no point today mention what he wants to do no. and he's also he's he's obviously a bit uneducated and he's also because he's a stronger he's a bit uh he's a bit violent and he? he's a bit he constantly wants to beat people up well this is <coughs> I, mean, I mean if you take the racial side out of it right this is dave prouse yes could play this role couldn't he you know, and did, <laughs> did. play this yeah, role, sure, yes. but no, Roy Stewart um, is the guy who played Toberman, and we'll be talking about that that on behind the scenes. Unfortunately, he's got quite a big filmography, but it's usually this style yeah. of character that, that does this type of thing. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, I mean, he, I think he's really good in it, and given the nature of the part, it's not as bad as it could be. No, because he's he, he's basically he's not that bad a person. That, that's why I say it's yeah. like two and a half adversaries, because he yes. does have his redemption at the end, doesn't he? Well, yeah, he 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 gets a character arc and is redeemed at the end. Um, unfortunately, he's sort of redeemed in that sort of again stereotypical way that he was devoted to Kafton, and it's her death. That, that brings him back, him to, yeah. yeah. Rather than any any actual sort of um, redemption of, of his actions, mm. um, but yeah, it's definitely a problematic uh, portrayal. Yes, it's not the worst we've seen. It's not the worst we'll see in. Doctor oh, there's Who. there is yeah, worse. Definitely worse to come. To um, come, yeah, yeah. But uh, and again, this is sort of a, also a staple of of the sort of films that this this series is uh, oh this you know this um, serial is trying to emulate isn't it this, this is yeah. the sort of character you would get in the hammer films and, and we are looking back 
across quite a bit of time yeah, now to exactly. that, you know. And, you know, I, I, I like uh, the Talking Pictures channel, you know, and yeah. so many times, TV shows, films, there's a disclaimer at the front which is saying yeah. this, this piece of entertainment um, has... Uh, you, you know concepts and portrayals that are not considered you know uh, yeah. um, suitable these days they put quite rightly put a disclaimer on the front don't they yeah and I'm, I'm all I'm all for that that don't don't ban these things I mean there's some that that should be banned really because you know as, as a historical document they have worth but otherwise they don't I'm looking at you, D.W. Griffiths. Mm. Um, but, but yeah, I think a, a warning at the front is fine. Like I say, this one's not as problematic as some, um, but it is... Yeah, you... It, it is. It is jarring. As I say, it it, the, the, the guy didn't have to be black. That no. could have been Dave Prowse. That could have been any burly strongman, rather, you know short on dialogue type yeah. couldn't it you know yeah. race was not a part of Toberman in the slightest no not at all I mean it it, it doesn't sort of it, there's no need for it whatsoever no. it doesn't play into the character I mean they do the same thing a few stories later in Evil of the Daleks don't they with um, the, the Turkish character yeah yeah. I can't think what his name is but um, yeah I think it's, it is just a product of its time yes all right. Well, okay. Well, he he, he gets the doors open, um, yes. and I find it very, very, very interesting that here, you know, with Patrick Troughton, the that there are signs that the the Doctor is a manipulator, be, and this yes. is our first Ooh. instance yeah. because he lets everybody else go in first, doesn't he? Before yeah. he um, and his companions go in, he lets the others go in. Um, and of course, we've got that lovely, you know, Laurel and Hardy yeah. improvised thing with, you know, the Doctor holding Jamie's hand as they go yeah, in. The, the, the Doctor's, like I say, the Doctor's actions in this are quite strange, are quite a head scratcher, in that he, he he doesn't appear to want them to do stuff, but then will show them how to do it. Yeah, it's very manipulative. Mm. Um, but I, I'm glad because it does give us that wonderful scene. Which I think, I mean, I know it was um, the hand-holding and that was done at the time, wasn't it? It wasn't in the script, it was done by Patton and yeah. Fraser, quite rightly. And then we get the lovely scene of Victoria worrying that her, what now would be considered <laughs> a very prim and proper dress yes, is too Yes, but back short. then... Yes, yeah. I do like the line, well, look at Jamie's. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, I, yeah, Jamie's brilliant. He gets some great, <laughs> some great comedy lines. Um, All right. But yeah, so they go in. Can you imagine what this would have been like? Like, as a no lights on in the ring, head torches, mm. showing it. Oh, they couldn't do it, of course, it's the BBC. Um, so it's, it's the lights are all on, and they go in. Um, do you remember? Because. When I first watched this, I had no idea what this set looked like. There was no right. photos in, in existence. Uh, you know, there was no artist drawings or anything. So no one. And when I first saw it, I thought, "Oh my god, this set is amazing!" It, it's huge as well, went. isn't yeah, it? Yes, massive. Yeah, this is why we couldn't have a TARDIS set because they wanted to use it for yeah. the. Yeah, I'd the, love to the know what the colours are. 
what colours are they using throughout this? Especially when we get to the target range where you've got yes. the, you know, the very that, hypnotic that kaleidoscope like thing. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And and there it is. There's the yeah. uh, the, the opening room. You've got the large hatch there, which leads down. I mean, yeah. this is clearly, clearly cashing in on mummy mania, oh, which yeah. was still going on, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, and definitely, and, and being capitalised with hammer and the likes. You know. Yeah. Did, had you read the book before you sent this? I, no, I, I no, grew up on the book. no, no. See, that's yeah. at the top of the show. That's why I asked you what your history was. I, 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 I got to say, had yeah, you I read the no, the yeah, novelization? It was the first, the first one I bought new. So, so I think I've told you a story before. So, my my dad, um, some somewhere got a box of Target books and they were all the original prints, you know, uh, and he he gave them to me and my brother and we just read through them. And I, that, I sort of. I became addicted to the book, so I, I went straight down the shop, and the only three books they had, I, yeah, the only three I think it was, was Tomb of the Sidemen and the two program guides, so I bought them, and I, I read Tomb of the Sidemen, and I must have read it three or four times in a row, and it's the book, I mean, this is again what I don't understand, the, the book has got quite a low reputation in fandom as being a, a bit of a hack job. No oh, right. I think it's really atmospheric. Right. Yeah. Whether I was just remembering, so I, yeah, I was watching this, going, oh my god, this is seeing what I've only read about. The control room is, um, I think it's it's one of the few sets that's that holds up against its description. So that lives up to your expectations, yes, then. Definitely. Yeah. Right. One hundred percent. Whereas things like the moon base and that doesn't. So the the novelization of the moon base is really good. And it describes this massive room and his equipment, and then you see it, and it's like, oh, okay, okay. But this held up. This I was, this was exactly as I thought it would be, sort of thing. You know, size and scale, and mm. it looks good. The only thing that I think that lets it down is the quite is is the ADR again. It is the the plywood scraping sound when yes. the doors open yep. and close. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there is that. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, it's clearly, you know, riffing on the mummy films. We've even, yes. I mean, Kaftan, yeah. I mean, she's what you get in so many of the stories, this obsessed, driven person. I've got yeah. to, I've got to know, I've got to know, I've got to get down there, isn't she? Yeah, she, she, because um, we don't know, we don't know what is up with these two at the moment, other than they could be just, they could be just um, very keen archaeologists. Can yes. They, you know. Um, yeah, she wants to get down there straight away, and she has a little argument with with Eric. Well, it's at that point we realise something else is up because yeah. she tells Eric that she's got no fear as she's got Toberman, and yeah. in the background, Toberman does this bit of panto acting. He what what he's yeah. supposed to be doing, although it doesn't come across very well, but in the script, what he's meant to be doing is pantomiming, miming, wringing Jamie's neck. Yeah. It, it looks a bit weird, doesn't it? It does, yeah. 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 yeah um, it's, it, it's, it's not, it, it, it's very strange. Yeah. Um, the next bit of the Doctor, the manipulator, is when the Professor says, says to everyone, they're at a dead end, there's nowhere else to go. And the Doctor goes, what about that door over there? And what about that door over there? You know, he is pushing them, he is moving them yeah. on, isn't he? Because, I mean, th this is what I don't understand. I don't know whether, is it that the Doctor wanted to destroy the cyber team so he was pushing to that but then he doesn't destroy him in the end in fact all the, at the when we get to the end we'll discuss why it's a terrible terrible thing he does um but yeah he keeps he could have let he could have waited outside and said 
sorry, the doors are still lethal. Let's go. Everything would have been solved. He, when they're in there, yeah, he, he needn't have pointed out those doors. No, nope, not which at case, all. None of this would have happened. And none Other of the, the deaths that the, are going to happen. Yeah, none of the deaths would have happened. This is the only slight drawback with the set, is I think these, a bit like in Ark in Space, I think these were meant to be hidden doors, weren't they? Mm. And they're, they're quite obviously doors, so I think even even this Motley crew would have eventually worked out, look that thing over there that looks like a door. Yeah. It might be a door. Mm. Oh, so I think they would have found it eventually. But yeah, he he, he sort of says, yeah, apart from the, the door over there and the door over there. Well, well, I wouldn't open them, sort of thing. No, no, well, don't, like don't, don't do that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's a logic system, but oh, don't yeah. don't do it, will you? Yeah, the, you the logic system operates in this, and this is how you program it. But I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I, well, I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love how the logic system is just some wooden levers. Every time they operate those levers, they go with a clunk, don't they? Oh, they're just they're literally. This this is something that would have benefited from having a bit of like say ADR afterwards. Is yeah, those levers clunk, and I love the fact that. Especially later on when Eric's doing it, uh, the square root of five, and it's just what you've got up and down on those levers. What are you doing? And then the doc, the doctor describes. He goes, "No, they operate like like an, an OR gate in your computer programs." No, no, that's not that's not what you're talking about, there, mate. No. The script, the script writers obviously just go, "Give me some computer words." Yeah, and I'll bung them in somewhere. I'll bung them in. Look yeah, yeah. I mean, the scriptwriter. I mean, he's responsible for what happens next because the professor says they've gonna they're gonna split up and yeah. search these rooms, but the women had better wait here. Yeah. Why did you bring them then? Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Again, this is the uh, this is the nineteen thirties style. You know, women can't do a man's job type idea that again they're they're, they're using. Um, but yeah, so so he, yeah, he goes. Um, he, he he makes two parties out of the men. He says the women will stay here, but then of course, Kaftan and Victoria say we can do it. And I love that Kaftan then goes, yeah, with Toberman. And it's like Victoria's. That's not what I meant. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a nice little nice little thing. Um, so yeah, so they they end up splitting up where uh, Hayden and Jamie go off, and then Vina and the two girls. <laughs> They keep referring to them as girls. As they well, do, they do. Yeah, yeah. They find what? that room, don't they? Yeah. That that they yeah. suspect it's used to revitalise yeah. the Cybermen. Well, they, I don't know where they yeah, get that from. They pull it out their ass, don't they? Because um, <laughs> because they go in and Vine is like, "Don't touch anything! Don't touch anything! Not until we've catalogued it and I've written it down in my A4 school <laughs> notebook." Um, and, then, and he's going, "Perhaps this is where they made the Cybermen." And yeah, and then Captain goes. Um, here's a thought. What if this is where they are revitalised? And he goes, "Yeah, why not?" And then pulls some stuff out of his ass about how it works. It's like you've literally just heard that idea, yeah. mate. And this is five hundred <laughs> year old technology. Yeah. So they've got no alien idea. technology and that. alien yeah. as well. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Blimey, yeah. Um, and meanwhile, you know, you got yeah, Peter and Jamie in the yeah. target range, which I, I love. I absolutely love this sequence because they they go in and jamie says hang on what, what, there's no windows but the light it's light and yes. um yeah and uh, uh hayden start peter peter boy he goes he goes oh it's phosphorus and jamie's like oh that which i love that about <laughs> jamie is yeah it's like i don't 
You're yeah. talking nonsense. I don't care. And then he go. He, they find a Cyberman. This was amazing. This was. This what used to throw, fans because we had a couple of shots of the Cybermats, didn't we? One on, um, uh, second in commands, uh, shoulder, Callum, I think it is, or mm -hmm. someone like that. And then they had the shot of this, and no one could work out were the Cybermats the big ones, or were the Cybermats these little small ones? And it turns out they're both. Yes. Do they um, grow then? Is that a baby I, one? Well, I, my, I wonder if. Because, because what this this is my theory, and I, it might not be right, but this is my theory, is that the big ones weren't ready, and this is the small maquette uh -huh. that they've made to make the big ones. So you make a little, because it looks like it's just made out of clay. So you yeah. make a little clay to give to the guys that are going to then sculpt or make yeah. the big ones, and I think that's what it is. So I think they got to the day of filming, and it's like the big ones aren't ready. We didn't need them till episode three. Sorry, we yeah. okay. Put this one in. Because this is a, a tiny little one. He's very cute. He is cute. I'm surprised people don't make him to sell him. But I love um, I love when uh, Hayden goes, Peter goes, um, I wonder what this room's for. And Jamie goes, perhaps it's for raising caterpillars. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's a brilliant. I love that it. is a good line, yes. Yeah. Um, it, that's at that point, that's when the Doctor's not so subtly telling Cleeg how yeah. to operate. Ending it with, but I really wouldn't do that if I were you. Yeah, we get we get some because we've had some nice Cleeg and uh, Cleeg and and Trout uh, and the Second Doctor just work so well together, don't they? We've had mm. some lovely things about. I, I love the the little bit where he goes. Um, I use a, the Doctor goes. I use a special way of working, and Eric Eric Cleeg's like absolutely snidely sort of saying, "Oh, perhaps you'll tell us." And he goes, well, "I keep my mouth shut and my eyes open." Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, no, that is good. Yeah. So, so Eric Klieg has been trying to deduce the logic, and his logic's failed him, hasn't it? He's like, he can't do it. Mm -hmm. And the doctor sort of goes, "Well, I think most of your calculations are right," um, but then immediately tells him how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But and what's I really do weird? That. Yeah. What's really weird as well is he tells him how to do it, and he gets that wrong, Klieg, and then the doctor goes over <laughs> and fixes it for him. Yeah. So twice. He wants it to happen. The, doc yeah, the doctor wants does, it to yeah. happen, doesn't he? He must do, but he keeps confessing. It's like don't, I wouldn't do it, but then immediately goes and fixes it. So yeah, the yeah because open. yeah, I mean you know because then in his mind he didn't do that. Somebody yeah. else did it, and if it all goes tits up, it was wasn't my fault. It could be that the doctor is just curious. He wants to know have the Cybermen survived after five hundred years of hibernation, yeah. you know, and he just wants to see for himself. Or he wants to kill him for himself. I don't well, he know. Wants to kill him, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Because this, if if they'd have done, um, if they'd have done Trial of Time Lord, what the original idea was, which was to use use it as a framing device for showing repeats, then this would have been perfect. I know it didn't; they hadn't recovered it at that point. But this would have been perfect for the Valyards. Um, look at the Doctor; he's a meddlesome fool. Yes, yeah, that's a good point. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. But. Cr cl Cleek does do it. The power does yes. come back on. Um, you know, Victoria gets trapped down there in that sarcophagus, yes. um, and the trippy target thing starts up. Um, yeah, I like that target display. I, I, I often wonder what it is. I'd love to know how they did it. Well, apparently they're coloured slides, which is why I say it would be brilliant to see them in colour. Yeah. Uh, from a, a company called the CCT Theatre Lighting. 
company, and it's from their stock collection. They basi- mm-hmm. basically, um, you know, hired or rented these slides. So you've got a succession of uh, their coloured slides. I don't know Just, what you would yeah. use them for. I don't know. Well, 60s, isn't it? Well, I remember going I, to the cinema when I was mm-hmm. little, and, and sometimes yes. on the tabs, on the curtains at the front, you used to have coloured wheels and doing all sorts of things on the curtains. So maybe it's something yeah, well, for we, like that. Yeah. At our cinema, we had what we called the, the, the bubblies, and it was basically a, a, lava, a very thin lava lamp in front of the... Yeah, it's that um, same sort lights. of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's weird though, because it looks like it... It looks granulated, like it's being shown on a massive TV, but you know it's not, because there, there wasn't TVs of that size then. No, they would have had a projector uh, really on well set done, yeah. projecting it, wouldn't yeah. they? It might have been rear projection, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean... Um, so that's that. The doctor manages to get Victoria out yes. of her cupboard. Um, and that's when Peter dies at the target range. Yeah, well, he's got this really weird idea, isn't he? That he, go, he thinks this is a target room. Because he says, back on Earth in the olden times, they used to use a similar system where your, your mind was trained to see a subliminal target. Was it? It's like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? 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 That doesn't seem very sensible. I, I, I think he's wrong there. Um, but yeah, so he's he gets Jamie... There's one big red button left, so he he gets Jamie to do it. I love the fact that he sort of just covers his eyes. It's the way he it. covers his eyes. Yeah. You know, he does this, like, interlocking of his fingers yeah. in front of his face, doesn't he? Yeah, that's, that's how you stop hypnotic <laughs> suggestion, <Yes>. I suppose. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, a... A, a remarkably stupidly large wall panel pops out with a gun on it, <laughs> and, a, and a robotic Cyberman dummy pops out. Um, he gets shot. It's a really nice episode, in, but then they do that weird thing that they used to do on the Troutons, where they would start playing the credits over a still, you know, a, yes. a frozen shot. So we get to see this Cyberman for far too long. Yes. It would have been so much better if it had gone, you know, there would have been a quick cut to a side man and then cut away, yeah. and he's gone. It's like, what, what, what's that side man? And he's like, yeah, we, we, we watch it for, like, two minutes straight. Mm. Did you know that in the original script, um, it wasn't meant to be like a target dummy. It was meant was to a, be yeah. a, a, an activated Cyberman that Jamie lets out and then presses a button and he goes back in again. Oh right, I know. I know. Originally, they wanted it to. They they weren't going to bother building a dummy or anything. It was going to be just, you know, one of the Cybermen actors, wasn't it? Mm. So that makes sense for that. That would have probably been better, actually. Hmm. Yeah. Um. The uh, episode two starts with them figuring out it is a firing range. Yeah. Um. And the Doctor checks his, uh, you know, five hundred year diary. And finds out that it's a Cybermat. Nice comedy love, moment. Yeah. What's that? Well, it's that, yeah. one of them. <laughs> yeah, it does, it's again a, the the dialogue sparkles in this series. Um, yeah, he, he picks up the the Cybermat, and Victoria says, "What is it?" And he goes, "Yeah, well, is it, it's one of them." And I love the fact he gets his diary out and he's looking at. It, he looks over and he turns it round in her hand yeah. and goes, "Oh yeah, it's the same." Like it's the same either way. <laughs> I love it. Troughton was a genius. Yeah, it's so little, funny. Little, it's so funny. Acting bits and bobs. Yeah. Um, the professor decides to, he's going to abandon yeah. now. You know, there's well, been he's, he's too much death. Now, yes, yeah. yeah. They're going to go back to Earth. Um, and that's when the captain comes in and says they can't leave. Uh, the fuel pumps, someone's come in and balled up 
yeah. pulled up the whole yeah. lot, he says. That must have been quite strong. Must be for then. Late 60s, tell me, yeah. Yeah, and we've got pantomime uh, smiling in the background from Toberman. Yeah, um, he's not subtle, is he? No, um, no. And the captain's... What's really, yeah, what's really weird is the, the, the scene in the last episode where Toberman creeps out. And so you've got um, Klieg and uh, Parry... Sat, uh, I don't know why the Steigmen need a coffee table, but they've got one. We'll yeah. see. So they're sat there, and you think, oh, he's creeping out. But then the camera pans around, and Chowton's watching him. Yes, and he sees him go out. Yeah. Yes. So, but then later in this scene, um, uh, Captain Hopper says, someone, and then Chowton goes, or oh, something. And he goes, someone. And he's like, well, you, you saw him go out. Yes, yeah, yeah. I know, yeah. Why is he insistent that, that it's, it's... Yeah, that's side, another odd it's bit. It's man that's doing very Yes, hard. yeah. So the captain says it's going to take 70 hours, 72 yeah. hours to repair and promptly goes away again. That's him gone for a long time again. Yeah. Um, and Klee... I think he's just stood outside laughing. Yes. <laughs> I think he's just going, I told him the spaceship's no good. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Cleeg uh, yeah. realises the way to progress is with Boolean symbolic logic. Yeah. Which was a real thing. It's a real yeah, yeah, Victorian yeah. thing, Boolean symbolic logic. Yeah. Well, um, I d- when, I d- I, when I did my O-level, we studied uh, Boolean theory. Right. But um, why are this alien race from another planet, you know, a couple of hundred years ahead of Victorian times, using logic from there? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it would be the equivalent, I mean, of them realizing the side men are using punch cards to control everything and it's that sort of level of yeah primitivism yeah um, but yeah i think i th- i literally think that the writer just like got a, got a dictionary out of it. what what mathematical or computer terms can i find oh yeah boolean yeah boolean yeah yeah well he tries it it doesn't work he tries yeah. it again, and this time, without him noticing, the Doctor actually helps him. So it's the Doctor, the manipulator, again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's here, isn't it? Not, it wasn't opening the doors, uh, the, the hatch. It was, yeah, this, this one where he, he manipulates it yet again. Yes, yeah. Dodgy man. Dodgy man, yeah. So all but Victoria and Cafton go down into the tombs, and that's where we find the tombs, this, you know, fantastic multi-level cocoon which is you know rightly regarded as a classic bit of set design isn't it it's really yeah it's really good um because it's i mean you've got a model shot of it and it's like okay that that works that probably did look better on uh, on low definition tv Mm. but then it you sort of think okay we're not going to see anything and then they cut to the actual set and it's like oh my god they've built full yep five stories tall yes yeah yeah. yeah, they did it all right. They did it. Um, so, you know, um, Kaftan at that point, that's when she drugs Victoria with her drink um, and closes the hatch. I don't know why she closes the hatch. What, 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 what's the point of that? Well, I think the, the idea is that she wants to trap the Sidemen down there to discuss so that Klieg, uh, that's his sort of thing, is I'm not going to let you I, What I don't understand, and this is, this is a bit of a killer for this, is is why the side men only have controls to open their tombs upstairs. Yes. I understand it it turns out it's a, a it's a trap and they want clever people but at least 
have a control down in your tomb. Yes, so you, you can do it as to, well. You can get out. Yeah. Yes. Um, talk, talking about the big, I just remember talking about the big tomb. I actually built. Remember the sevens segment. Oh, you didn't so make a one to I did, scale full with that. Size, yeah, full size tomb for those segments. Uh, I'll have to find a picture of all, all that exists now is a dodgy Polaroid of it. Yeah, he he at the time he um, he couldn't ad, he couldn't advertise or enter the model engineering exhibition competition. So he he sent me like twenty or thirty sideman kits to to build this thing. What those back form ones? Yeah, yeah, the the right. back form kits. I wish I had kept them. Um, and I so got as far I. as I got as far as as pretty much finishing it, and then um, I can't remember why, but I it, I didn't enter that year. But yeah, so I, I built this thing. It was it was made out of like plywood and everything. It was massive. That must have been massive. Oh, it was it, it stood about four feet tall. It was mental. Um, back that was good days. You know, yeah, when you had yeah, enough yeah. Energy to build that. I'll see if I I'll get. I'll send yeah, you please do. On the Facebook yeah. page. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, Kleeg says he's found the opening device. Yes. which they all think is the hatch to get them out of it, but yeah. it's actually, he knows it's the tomb. He's going to switch the power on, and that's what he does, and that's when the Cybermen start pushing at the cling film. Yeah, we um, get, it's, it's a lovely sequence. With some, I know it's all stock music, but it really fits it. It's really good. Well, to begin with, they start pushing at the cling film. They're yeah. not out yet because Viner turns the machine off and yes. uh, they start freezing again, and that's when uh, Kleeg shoots him dead. Yeah, he goes from being what could be just a misguided person into an out-and-out villain. Yeah, yeah. He, he shoots poor yeah. old uh, civil shaps. Yeah, and that's dead. when we get the music start. That's when we get the classic, you know, emerging from their tombs, yeah. don't we? You have to put, I know there's not much of a clip, but you have to put the music on this. It's really good. The music is fabulous. It, yeah. it really is, yeah. yeah. Um, Victoria, meanwhile, she's woken up. She's threatened by yeah. Kaftan. And uh, meanwhile, um, down below, Kleeg is explaining his, you know, ideas behind all this. He says that they are the members of the Brotherhood of... of, of I always mishear it. I think he says magicians. <laughs> that, would be, oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that would be something he's else. A, he's brought a cyber leader-sized top hat. And he Tommy wants to Cooper. Get Tommy Cooper yeah. is the cyber controller. Yeah. Um, he, he wants to get a troop of cyber magicians to take over the vaudeville circuit. Yes, That's yes. That's a story. That. A big Let, finish? Come, come on, let's do it. Yeah. Um, he says this brotherhood is the greatest yeah. mass intelligence on Earth, but they need yeah. power to put their plans into action. And, well, and they're planning... I know, yeah, but I know full well. This is... this. If you went to one of their meetings, this is probably about half a dozen guys, all henpecked, all doing yep. run-of-the-mill useless jobs, pretending to be this brotherhood, in it? Because it's Kleeg's the best they've got. Yep. Oh, my goodness. I see them pretty much like that group <laughs> we see in the village hall in Robot. Yes, That's, uh, that's yeah, the sort exactly of group that, yeah. we're, we're, we're talking about, aren't we? Yeah. What shall we, the Brotherhood of Logicians, do next? <laughs> we could do a jumbo sale. Yes. yes. <laughs> and sell some cakes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, I think it's no wonder that, I mean, uh, how you, you can't really have a, uh, a blank cyber face show contempt, but they manage it in this. And when Cleves yeah. explained it to the cyber leader, he's thinking, what? <laughs> well, the cyber leader's coming up because he's yeah. been explaining it to the regular cyber bods. But uh, that, that, 
all the Cybermen are out. They all salute and they open the cupboard. Yeah, and that's where the controller is. He's squatting in a yeah. cupboard. So they all get lovely tombs. Yeah. Like sat down tombs. He's squatted in a cupboard. Yeah, what's going on? Do you think that when they froze, he put all his men to bed and went, excellent, now I'm going to go to bed. Wow, they've taken the last cabinet. Or I'll he's like, I'll cupboard. have one more bowel movement. Before yeah, I, it does look before like I he's freeze. squatting over a, a pit in the It really there. does look like, yes, exactly. Do you, think, do you think that is the toilet? And he, he was going, right, they're freezing. I got time for it to, you know, to pinch one out. <laughs> <laughs> he's gone in there. Oh, bugger. Bugger. 500 yeah. years later, out yeah. he comes. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, he comes out and, you know, Cleek makes his case and gets his arm squeezed as, as a reply with the controller saying this about... Is, this is this sequence is amazing. Yeah. This, this shows the segment. This is a brilliant ending best. to episode yeah. two. The whole, My you favorite. belong to us, yeah. you will be like us. You belong to us, Let's stop for a second, because really yeah. we're talking about the two and a half adversaries this week, but... Uh, yeah. What do you think of the Cyber Controller, this version he's, of the Cyber Controller? He's grown on me. When I first saw this, because in the book, the Cyber Controller is described as this almost a, a meta Cyberman. He's massive. He's slightly different. And you, when you first see him, you think, oh, hang on. He's, he's got a lampshade on his head. And he's a bit and, podgy. And he's, he's a bit podgy, and they've not given him a chest unit. And it, I think the chest unit shows his podge yes but he's grown on me i i quite like this design i'm not entirely sure it works but i i've made my peace with it yeah i don't think it's very effective i mean when you look at the back of his head there's a square box on the back of his neck yes and that's the battery unit to light up his dome yeah um but really it being black and white you never really see and it's all very brightly lit you never really yeah, see, never see that his dome actually lights up no wasn't you i think the original idea was that it was a clear dome and it was meant to have a brain inside mm, it wasn't yeah. something which would have been would have been different i'm not sure it would have worked or would have been good um i love I, this these are some of my favorite this is probably my favorite second favorite design of sidemen after revenge of these ones the tomb ones um i just imagine if he would have just been in this but say with the black helmet mm. towering above that would have been amazing but yeah he's a little bit i won't say he's a comedy figure because you first see him and you think uh, you're, you're inclined to laugh but then it's played dead straight and he's menacing and you, you, you don't have that you don't want to laugh at him because it's so well played mm. yeah um, and that's when he tells the doctor you know that uh, yeah. um, we've frozen ourselves but we knew that eventually somebody's going to be brainy enough to not only discover yeah. the tomb but work out the logic puzzles to free them, and that's what we need. We need people of that calibre yeah. to become the new Cybermen. I'm not sure why they need brainy people to become the Cybermen. Um, it, it reminds me a bit of the um, in a Dalek invasion of Earth, where they the Daleks put things in the cell so that you can, if you're clever enough, you can escape. And then if you're really clever enough, we can turn you into a brain dead Robo Man. <laughs> why? What? What? If you're and I think this is the same, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a clever idea. Though. I like this, this sort of, you know, honey trap. Yes. Idea. Yeah. I think, and Troughton plays it really well when he, 
when he says this and it, the penny drops. And it, I, it would, yeah, it would have been really good if they used this part to for Troughton to then sort of to make some line about why he's been going this far. And it's like, oh, I've made a terrible yes. mistake. That, that's the point that this. you would have done that's it, wouldn't would, it? Yeah, yeah. Because the controller recognises the Doctor. He remembers yes. him from the Moonbase story. Yeah. It's you. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I've been and, asleep for 500 years and it's you. And I wake up. I was having a crap. I froze, and I wake up, and the first person I see is you. Yeah, and it's that point, that's when Jamie tries escaping, but he's zapped yeah. by this lightning effect. Um, and, and then we have it, one of the infamous moments of this story, where Toberman is being lifted by a Cyberman who clearly doesn't have the strength to lift the actor, so they've yeah. uh, resorted to the wire work, haven't they? Yeah. Which, I, like I say, I think you probably wouldn't have noticed. I don't think you would have seen them. Yeah, I mean, it's, this whole sequence, in the book, this sequence is much better. So, you know, the whole of um, the, the, the rescue attempt is, is better done. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's... I, I think a lot of the fights and that in Doctor Who, they just can't do, and this, this is sort of one of them. Because, mm. um, to be fair, later on, we get, you know, we, we get a... An even worse lifting up of. Um, oh, that's coming. Yeah. That is coming. I've got to do a screenshot of that when when yes. when this comes <laughs> out. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, upstairs, Captain yeah. she gets the gun and stops yeah. the captain and Jim who are there, um, but is disarmed by Victoria's scream, which they congratulate her on. Good, Vic. Yes, yes. And uh, meanwhile, down below. Um, you know, Caftan uh, is chosen to be a new controller. Kleeg. Kleeg, sorry, Kleeg. I wouldn't put Caftan in charge. Uh, no, no, not with that hair. It won't fit in the helmet. Well, that, perhaps that's why she would have been a good um, cyber controller because her hair could have gone up into that sort of policeman's tip that's on his head. That's a very good point. Yeah. I'm Klieg, Larry Klieg. I have brought you back to life. We of the logicians have planned this. You're alive because of us. Now you will help us. We need your power. You need our mass intelligence. Are you listening? Do you understand me? Now that I have released you... Ah! Let me go! I set you free! It was our plan! You belong to us. You shall be like us. Well, Klieg needs altering first. Um, yes. The controller says fear has to be removed first. Yeah, can't have a scaredy Cyberman. Um, and this is this is um, the Cyberman at their best, which is body horror, isn't it? It's the the loss of self. Mm. Um, and and Kleeg is. I think this is the point the penny drops for Kleeg as well, isn't it? That because I I think he just wanted. Basically, I think he wanted to to be a bit like Vaughn, didn't he? In um, Invasion, in yep. the, he didn't really want to be a Cyberman. He wants to be in charge of. Cyberman. He wants the power. Yeah. But not all the trappings. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want the sacrifice that that power no. 
costs. Hmm. Yeah, so he's going to be converted. Yes. Um, the professor's going to be next. Yeah. Uh, but it's at that point, Jim, this, you know, second in command, yeah. for some reason he's got a bag full of smoke grenades. I don't know why you would bring smoke grenades <laughs> along on an archaeological yeah. expedition. Well, this, this is weird in itself, isn't it? Because everyone's got a gun, very mm -hmm. nice guns. I've often thought of trying to make one because they're nice guns. Yeah, everyone's got a gun. And then, yeah, um, uh, hey, uh, Captain Harper says, uh, hey, Jim, what, what, do you, what do you got there in the bag? And he goes, uh, just some smoke grenades. But he says it in such an offhand way. Yeah. Like, as if, like, oh, just a sandwich. Uh, yeah, just some smoke grenades. And um, I don't know why he suddenly turned into McCoy from Star Trek. <laughs> I'm an archaeologist, damn it. Um, yeah, so he, he's got these lucky smoke grenades. So, so he, Captain Harper decides to use them. They're not particularly effective, though, are they? No. Um, they don't give off a lot of smoke. No, they don't. They don't. No. But it does make everybody else be able to escape, except for yes. Toberman. And this is, this is, um, this is, like I say, where the book describes this, this battle as being amazing, which is great. And then um, you can listen to the audio, and you, you, you've no idea what's going on, so you, you picture this, dun, dun, what's happening, all about, and the Simon weirdly start buzzing. Yes. Uh, I don't, I, they I don't, don't like what, the smoke. No, smoke, perhaps they're like, perhaps they've got a bee in them somewhere that, you know, oh yes, in well, sm smoke in yeah. a beehive yeah. gets a reaction. They, they get they get a bit uppity, don't they, and then fall asleep. Maybe they're uh, so, side yeah, bee men. Side bee men. Oh, there you right. go, side bee men. There you go, side bee men. We've yeah, sorted they start it. Buzzing. So you uh, <laughs> on the soundtrack, you, you're thinking, I've no idea what's going on, and then you finally see it. And this was, I think, this was the first of the disappointing bits for me. It was like, oh, okay, uh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's like... Mm. Well, it's things like that, you saying things like that, that makes me wonder, you know, if other missing stories ever come to light and oh, they're considered yeah. absolute classics, you know, Evil of the Daleks, Macro Terror or something like that. When you finally, Fury of the Deep, you finally get yeah. to see something and it's like, oh, was that yeah. it? Well, I, I guarantee you that is the case. So, especially with Fury from the Deep, so... You know they they've just animated it, mm -hmm. and the 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 siege at the end in the base is like oh my god, and then you see the telly snaps of it, and it's like ah oh, okay yeah, there's, there's no way this is like it is in this animation. Um, I, I think that's true. I think any time, any time you've got a an action sequence, it's gonna let you down. Mm. This era of Doctor Who, yes. sorry, it will. Yes. Um, it's like Evil of the Daleks. If that ever turns up in its entirety, that massive civil war at the end is going to be a pile <laughs> of shit. Well, you see, um, ag again, you see the, um, you know, the telly snaps and behind the yeah. scenes and outtakes, and it's like, it's just a load of toys blowing up, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's going to be akin to the, the, the mechanoid battle in the chase. Yes. Right, isn't it? Yeah, it's that level. That more than anything else. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. And this is it's very, you know, it does the job, this this uh, little fight sequence and chase sequence. But it's also painfully obvious that the bit of corridor they've got for the tombs <laughs> is only about three foot long. Yeah, it's not long, is it? Yeah. There's one scene where Jamie's hiding around the corner and the same ring go past you and think, oh my God, that's really good. And then the camera follows it around and he's he stood behind a post. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the ladder's there and you think, oh, you shouldn't have done that. You no. Have. Yeah. It does show it up, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. definitely. 
So they they are all legging it up the ladder yeah. and out through the hatch, and that's when the dog doctor is grabbed as he tries getting out of the yeah. hatch. Now this sequence is good. Oh yeah, the whole oh it's got my leg, and you know that is really good. Um, and Victoria comes to his aid, and she thumps a Cyberman in the face with a flask. Yeah. And I do like on the audio track, there is a stagehand, somebody on the set, when she thumps him in the face, if you've never noticed it, go back and listen to it. Yeah. He, he audibly goes, ooh. Like really? that. Yeah, yeah. if you haven't heard it, go back and listen. He goes, ooh, like that, oh, you know. Oh, that was a bit strong. Yeah. It's almost it like, it's all, it sounds like Charles Hawtrey Doesn't is on the set. Oh, That's exactly yeah. what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. But, but I love this whole sequence where the... The, the Cyberman is sort of forced to let go. and But he almost bends over backwards as the tomb closes. Mm. It's, a, it's really good. Yeah, he must have fallen yeah. down. I'm oh, guessing the guy... Have, yeah. Can you imagine falling over and down a ladder when you're More wearing that suits. stuff, you know? The suit's not then, too bad. It's that yeah, bloody helmet. That helmet would dig in, yeah, because I doubt they padded it. There's no padding in them. You no. know there's no padding in them. No. <laughs> it's just, that's just uh, raw fiberglass yep. <laughs> inside them. Jesus. <laughs> God. Um, and then you get these amazing punching up onto the door. Really mm. good. Just a shame it's, it sounds like plywood. Yeah, but it looks good, though, doesn't it? It looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And while that's happening, they've decided to lock up you, you know, Cleeg yes. and Kafton up in the target range. Out the yeah. two rooms, they <laughs> lock them up in the room that's got a cyber gun in it. This, uh, I mean, it's, it's drama, isn't it? So you know why they do these things. But I, I often watch films and you think people lock people in places where they, they're going to cause trouble or they, they leave. Just tie them up somewhere, you know what yeah. I mean? And you keep an eye on them. You lock them away, yeah. Yeah, keep, keep them, them the in floor. that room. Yeah. Yeah. You've got all that cable on the floor, which yeah. is going to be important soon. Yeah. You know, you could have done that there, you know? I mean, you had you had smoke grenades in your uh, satchel. You tell me you didn't have a couple of um, uh, a couple of cable ties. Yep, that would have done it. duct tape. Yeah. In me fact, most problems in Doctor Who could be cured with a roll of duct tape. Yep, and some cable ties. Yeah. Some cable ties, yeah. yeah. Um, and down that below, that's when they're, get, yes, they're getting the big version Cybermats yes. ready to go now. What do you yeah, think this of this design of these Cybermats? I, I absolutely love them. I Even really with do. their felt teeth and their yeah, felt I, fronds I, along the bottom. I do. I, in the, it must have been about 1986, a company produced an uh, ABS model of the Cyberman. I sent off for it. It was mail order only. I sent off for it and it turned up and I made it. And it, I loved it. I really... They're, they're not as sleek as like the ones you see in Revenge or anything, but I think they, they, they work so well. Mm. Um, I do like the... I, I mean, they're like Silverfish or something, yes, aren't they? The, yeah. the, the Revenge of the Cybermen ones. Yeah. But I like them. I, I, I like the cute eyes. I like yeah, I the, do, yeah. the, the, the fronds along... I mean, the fronds along the skirt at the bottom are to disguise the wheels. That's the only yeah. reason. That was a last-minute thing that they put on because it's like oh, we can still see the wheels, yeah. you know. And uh, I like the fact when they are uh, turned over, they're like a woodlouse, aren't they? You know, yeah, you've got all these really... uh, fronds all along the bottom. Yeah, it, it works really well. I love the shot later on when they, they come up and it's almost grinding its teeth. Yeah, there, yeah. there was yeah. one that had um, uh, mechanised jaws, yes. yeah. um, which and is it, that one. 
Yeah, I, I, I think they're really good. They're, they've um, The batteries have gone flat, though, haven't they? They're, they're, they left the batteries in when they went to sleep 500 years ago. Yes. So they're not, they're not working particularly well. Uh, no, no. These are a very, very, very short-range <coughs> um, weapon. Yeah. Yes. Um, I love the next bit because, you know, uh, Kaftan and Klieg, uh, they've disconnected that cyber gun and Klieg yes. decides to test it. And you have this fantastic shot where it, when the actor fires the gun and the front falls off, <laughs> he actually shoots the front of the gun off. Yeah, well, it's, they've got fireworks in, haven't they? They to, have, to, to, and it blew the front to, off. Yeah, <laughs> I love these guns, though. I'm surprised you haven't made one of these because it's I it's could do classic one. Sort of, yeah, yeah, you get lots of, of close-ups later with these, yeah. like you know, multi-barrel thing at the front. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I might have a go. I love. I mean, this again shows that that uh, Clee not not the sharpest knife in the box, is he? Because he goes. Now I've got this gun, the Cybermen will have to listen to me. Yeah, they've probably got guns downstairs as well, mate. Yeah, but but to be fair, yeah. it's Kaftan that's feeding him this. It's yeah. Kaftan that's oh, saying, yeah, well, now we've got yeah. this weapon. We don't need the Cybermen because we've got this bargaining chip. And it's she's, like... She's definitely the sort that if they were in a car park and someone parks close by and opens a door and scratches it, Cleve's going to be sat there going, oh, I'm, I'm upset about this. And she's going, well, get out of the car and say something. Yes, do you something. Go on, yeah. do something. Yeah. Be a man. Yeah. <laughs> and, and meanwhile, through that door, we, we, we have the classic <laughs> scene between, you know, the Doctor and Victoria yeah. um, about the Doctor's family, you know. Um, yeah, this is beautifully played. Absolutely oh, it's wonderful. Played. There's no need for it. But the fact they've put it in, presumably as a, a filler, while they got they move stuff around in the sets. Yeah, I guess so. But it's 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 so nice. Yeah, so you know, I love. And again, the the, the interaction between you can tell these actors are friends currently because mm. they've got such chemistry. And I love when she says, um, you know, about him being so ancient. You go, what? <laughs> yes. You know, no, it's, just old. Yeah. He's okay just with old, old yeah. but not yeah. ancient. Yeah. Yeah, and this is the first. Other than obviously Susan, this is the first inclination we got that the Doctor does have family. Yes. Um, he just he couldn't be asked to visit them. Yeah. He <laughs> says, doesn't care. he? Yeah. <laughs> well, he yeah. says to Victoria, I have to think very hard. Yeah. And then they're there. Mm. Have you met me, brother? You wouldn't want to know him. <laughs> um, shortly after that, that's when the Cybermats attack. Yes. Um, yeah. But the Doctor... Defeats them. He says they've had a complete metal breakdown. Yeah, I love that. Yes. And Fraser Hines just groans. I'm sure that's was, an improv yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I get. I. I wonder if that was was the first time that Troughton said that while they were filming because I think that's a Fraser Hines groan, not a Jamie groan. That's very natural, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. So yeah, because we get the the the. Yeah, the classic Cybermat attack. It's really good, actually. It's a, it's a nice little sequence. Yeah, it, it holds up pretty well, yeah, doesn't it? When you consider yeah. the the restraints they had and the limitations yeah. they had back then. No, it holds up perfectly fine. Um, and episode three ends with Klieg shooting into the camera. Yes. We're supposed to believe no, I, it's, it's yeah. the Doctor he's shooting, yeah. isn't it? Well, it's because it's, it's, he sort of comes out and you go, it's basically a... Now I've got you, Doctor, and he, f he fires the uh, the flare gun thing, and then you get a scream off camera, and it's like, oh my god, is the Doctor dead? Probably not. Probably not, no. No, it's actually Jim who's hit. We yeah, find Jim. out in, in episode four, it's Jim who gets hit. I, I love the fact that 
he can't even kill him, can he? He hits him in the shoulder and he goes, yeah. I, uh, that's what I was aiming at. Yeah, this all-powerful weapon. Brilliant, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and uh, that's when they both tell the others, you know, that they that they can be they can bargain with the yeah. uh, controller because they've got this gun. Um, and meanwhile, down below, Toberman is part converted now. We we only ever see sort of like poking out from underneath his like you know uh, shawl that he's got a. Uh, his right arm and hand now is a Cyberman's, so isn't it? I, I love this, though. It's um, the fact that all they've done is given him a cyber sleeve to wear. Mm-hmm. But it works perfectly. You, you, That's all you need to see in it. You, now you would have you know, a robotic arm and dun, 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 attaching it. Now he just, he just puts a coat on that's got a Cyberman arm well. sewn into it. Well, a couple of episodes ago, we were talking about Lytton and how he was being yeah. converted into a Cyberman with that colander on his head. Exactly. Um, yeah. You didn't need it. One yeah. arm on Lytton and maybe something on his chest yeah. would have been okay, wouldn't it? Yeah, just bung him in one of those pressure suits, Lytton. Yes. Um, and that, that's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. I mean, they do it with, um, in Attack of Cybermen, they do it with Briggs and Stratton. So they're just wearing cyber suits and it's like, yeah. You know, I know they show the arm in that, but I, I do like this. That it's like because in the book they sort of say he's been converted to something. And I always thought, how are they going to show that? How that? And they do it like this. I say, like, yeah, well done. That's how did you see it when you read the book? How did you see Toberman? Was he I, Toberman's I head on a Cyberman's body or something? Basically, yeah. I I pictured like that his whole right hand side would be sort of T eight hundred ish. Right. I was I went yeah, I, I was a bit uh, I was a bit extravagant in my budget spending <laughs> more extravagant than the BBC. Yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did not I did not picture them just like I say, sewing a cyber arm onto his coat. No. Um, but it, I, I think it works perfectly. You you immediately go, Oh, he's he's heart cyberman now. Yeah. Yeah. I love the fact that they've done this to Toberman, but then the rest of the Cybermen have to go back to bed to yes. conserve energy. Yeah, again, you stupid cyber people, put the charging station where your tombs are. Yes. You know, you've been asleep for 500 years. Couldn't you have plugged yourself in? Is it like a mobile phone? You shouldn't leave on It's not good logic, overnight? is it? No. Yeah. In fact, for a, a, an episode or story that centres around two groups of people who are both meant to be the height of logical beings are bloody yeah, stupid they're, they're idiots yeah. yes yeah i think i think the reasoning behind it is you had what nine ten guys in cybermen costumes yeah. and it was becoming problematical to keep them all you know stop them passing out underneath all the uh, conveniently called Klieg lights that you would have had yes, on, on, on the thing. So, yeah, narrow it down to, you know, just the controller and maybe a couple of others, you know? Yeah, and also, you cost as well. You don't pay them as much. There's that as well. And, uh, you know, it's the classic Hitchcockian thing of you show the threat and then you don't need to, you just refer to it after that. You don't yes. need to keep showing it. Yeah. And, yeah, so we know there's loads of men. We've seen them moving about. We don't need to see him now. We know that's the threat. Yes. It works yeah. really well. It does work well. Yeah. Um, and that's when the controller comes up out of the hatch. Um, he releases control of the modified Toberman. Um, and the controller says he'll work with Klieg to conquer the Earth. Yeah. Hmm. Um, the controller, the professor, the doctor and Jamie are all put in the revitalizing room. 
uh, with the controllers slowing right down. He's yeah, ru- love, his batteries are running this, down, yeah. aren't they? I love the fact that he's slowing down and his voice is starting to slur. We haven't and said anything this, about the voice. The voice is fantastic. These are my favourite cyber voices. Mm. I think they're brilliant. I love the way that, that here as well they did the old, you know, the mouth slot opens and they speak and then the mouth slot closes. Yep. Everything about these is really good, um, but again, this is this is a, again the sort of doctor. What are you doing? Because the doctor says he starts it up and he's like, "Okay, we'll put him in there." And then J- even Jamie says, "What the hell are you doing?" Sort yep. of thing. And he goes, "Oh, would you rather have him in there or out here?" Well, if you'd have left it another couple of minutes, he would have keeled he, over. He would have died. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very good point. Um, meanwhile, Victoria. Um, has yep. told Cleek she saw another cyber gun in the yeah. re- revitalizing room. Can you imagine being a villain so inept you're outwitted by Victoria? By Victoria, yes, yeah. Um, and that at, <sighs> at that point, that's when the controller bursts out. He's been revitalized. Yes. He bursts out, resumes mind control of Toberman, who yep. attacks Cleek. Um, the controller comes in, opens the hatch. Kaftan closes the hatch, shoots the controller, who then shoots her, and that's the end of Kaftan. This, this is such a weird, and I'm sure she wasn't, she probably didn't know she was being filmed, but she does this weird face pull. So she goes over, and then she sort of does this sort of weird, almost like she's laughing face pull when she goes back to the other side. And I thought, I wonder if you thought you weren't on camera or... Yeah, but, so bizarre. Go, but why would you pull that face yeah. even if you weren't on camera? I know. I don't get it. Because <laughs> it just is such a weird expression. Mm. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, she bizarrely thinks again that because she's got the gun that she can kill the, the cyber control. They must have read up. I know it's 500 years before, but they must have read up about, you know, what the cyber... Cybermen can and can't do, and what can and can't hurt yeah. them. So, what's the point? Because at, at this point, this because this is this is. I mean, we'll get to this when we cover the Cybermen. But is this before or after the Cyber War? This is after, isn't it? It is because because Revenge of Cybermen, where where humanity invented the glitter gun because nothing else worked. On yes, them. yeah. And yet here she thinks, oh, I, I, you know, I find me gun at them. That'll work. It doesn't, though, it doesn't does it? Work. No. no, no. And that's the end of her. That's the end of Captain. Yeah, she, she gets a, almost a comedy death. Mm. She's gone. Yep, and um, that's when the Doctor pleads with Toberman, you yeah. know, who is, you know, See upset he's because his yeah. boss has been killed, pleads with Toberman to, you know, attack the controller. Um, attack the controller, um, that's in inverted commas here, yes. because, you know, we have a cut... He moves out a shot with the controller. He comes back in, holding up. Well, it's not even a shop room dummy, is it? It's no, like an empty suit. It's, it's an empty suit. It, oh it's dear. It's not a good. I, I suppose it's the best they could do. I don't because because again they would have had to have stopped filming or cut to a, an Ealing sequence. And I think the fact that these sets didn't exist at Ealing. I had this fight been downstairs. I think they would have cut again to Ealing, and they could have mm-hmm. had someone in the Kirby suit. Yeah, so I just think they couldn't do it. So yeah, it's literally just an empty suit. It's it's the equivalent of Carry On Screaming. Yes. When at the end, yes. Odd Bod, Odd Bod Junior <laughs> picked up. 
<laughs> I, I don't. I know a lot of fans thought this was the point where the story the, the story becomes worthless. So there's no point watching it. That's what right. because of one yeah. effect? Oh yeah, I've read reviews where no. basically, you know, this has made it. A so you can in everything you've seen so far because of one, you one know, dodgy effect. One dodgy effect out yeah. of necessity. It was dodgy. Yeah. Mm. What else could they do, really? No. There's nothing else they could have done. No. All right, well, you know, um, Jamie shoots at the Cybermen coming out of the hatch because he's got the Cybergun now. And uh, that's when the Doctor tells... Yes, yep. The Doctor tells Toberman to come with him down below, um, uh, followed by Klieg. And uh, Klieg prevents the freezing that the Doctor wants to do. And the Doctor pretends to see Klieg's point. Classic. It's a brilliant scene between Klieg and the Doctor. Um, yeah. pandering to his ego he yes, actually yeah. believes that the doctor is on board with what he's saying so he starts yeah. almost preening doesn't he yeah. you know my doctor I, I never knew you had such imagination yeah I, I love it and, and I I think Troughton is sort of he's sad that he is mad isn't he I think I yes think he was testing him and had he yeah he's disappointed remorse, isn't he yeah. yes you are as mad as I feared you would yeah. be you know, and he also You'll says, Now, ah, yes, as you say, such a combination between intelligence and power would make you formidable indeed. Why, you'd be commander of the universe with your brilliance. It, it makes the imagination real with the possibilities. Why, Doctor, if I'd only known you shared my imagination, you might even have worked for me. Perhaps it's not too late. Doctor! Oh, Jamie, don't you see? Don't you see what this is going to mean to all the people who come to serve Klieg, the all-powerful? No country, no person would dare to have a single thought that was not your own. Eric Klieg's own conception of the of the way of life. Brilliant. Yes. Yes, you're right. Master of the world. Well, now I know you're mad. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, and he also says, doesn't he, that, yeah. you, you know, I've heard all of this, I've heard this all before. Yeah. It's, it's just, oh, okay, so you're just another megalomaniac. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So he's almost disappointed, isn't it? It's like, yes. I was, yeah. I was hoping for better, a better, yeah. a better grade of villain. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Klieg's in mid-gloat. That's when he's attacked by a Cyberman. Yeah. Uh, who's attacked by Toberman, who uh, rips cling film out of his chest unit and then we get a lot of shaving cream squirting yeah. out. And this um, this drew complaints, didn't it? It was in, considered in far too violent. View, yes, yeah. it was considered that they had crossed the line yeah. for this. Apparently, it wasn't some because it's not. It's it's not body horror. It's some cling film and some shaving yeah, foam. But it, apparently, yeah. it was more the reaction of the humans yeah. who were watching it happening that was disturbing to young children. What would they have said about Glitton's hands? God knows. God knows, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's 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 nice. It's, there is it's 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 a nice. It's just a nice sequence. This I I think it works well, and I think Klieg's death is really good as well because it happens off screen, and you get that scream, mm. sort of ag- and it's yeah. It's like oh god, what have they done to him? Yep. So that's the end. Toberman has dispatched the Cybermen. Uh, they all go yep. up. The Doctor is going to not only electrify the outside door, 
but the hatch and the inside yeah. doors as well. But this is such a reckless thing for him to do, though. This is the thing. I, I can go, OK, he's got some weird plan going on for the rest of it. But this, this is designed to kill innocent people. Yeah. You know, There's so no the next warning kill, outside, no, is there? He doesn't put up a, yeah, a, a poster saying, uh, I've electrocuted this. Yeah, it's, it's the one bit of the story where I go, oh, what the hell are you doing, Doctor? This is comparable, I mean, you know, Blake Seven in character, you know, the, uh, yes. the story killer. I know exactly when, yeah. Yeah, the whole planet is infected with this yeah. plague and Blake puts out a warning to people, yeah. don't come here, you know. That's what the Doctor should have done. Yeah, yeah. Or they should have, I know, I, mean, I suppose the budget has run out and the story time's run out, but it would have been nice if it had said to, you didn't even show it said to Copper, uh, Hopper, have you got any more explosives? We need to bring the mountain down. Yeah. You don't even you don't need to show it. That's all you need is that to you say. You can have a rumble <laughs> behind them and they look yeah. round and you don't see what they're looking at. Just a quite rumble. quite literally as well, they've left the doors visible. Yes. So even if someone lands on this planet that wasn't looking for... They're going to go, well, what's, what's that? Going? Have a look. And dead. Yeah. I just, I love the fact that if like you come back Ten years later, and there's just a, 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 a layer of skeletons <laughs> touching the door that no one's learnt from. It. Oh, how did that guy die? Just, because we know they work. Because that's when you know they can't get the doors shut in time uh, because of yes. the controllers come back to life. So Toberman closes the door, which I, kills him and the cyber controller. Yeah, and this is this is weird as well. He finds a, a piece of two before to close it, yes. doesn't he? Where's that from? <laughs> this is Telos. What are they doing with yeah. you for? Yeah. And and that's it. It's over. They just part their yeah. ways. Um, you know, uh, the archaeologists go nice off. Yeah. There's a nice sense that Harry realises what an utter disaster mm. this has been. There is a sense of sadness at the end of this story, which is quite nice. Because normally we get the clap hands. Oh, let's go off and... Skip away. Yeah. And this is like, oh god, everyone's right. But then, weirdly, we get a little Cybermat running across. Yes. What? <laughs> where's he come from? And where's he going to go? Yeah, no cat. There's no cat flaps in these doors, is there? No, 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 no. And and that's the end of the story. Um, yeah. Until what's the next Cyberman story after this? Is uh, invasion. Is it invasion? Is that the next yeah. one? Right. Okay. See, which I, is obviously set much, much in the past. Set in the seventies. But it's yeah. the next one, yeah. Again, that's got to be uh, continued through to our Cybermen uh, episodes. All right, yeah. so we're two Cybermen stories in I, right now. I'm and thinking, I, I, I'm thinking, I, is it Invasion or is it Wheel in Space? No, no, no. What My no, question invasion, for you, it? is it for you... I yeah. don't know which way you're going to go on this, Ian. Is it for you Tomb of the Cybermen or Attack of the Cybermen? Right now, which, which one do you prefer over the other? Tomb. It is too much because I know you're definitely. a fan of Attack. Yeah, I, I really enjoy Attack, but Tomb. I, I I will occasionally get Attack out and watch it and thoroughly enjoy it, but Tomb, I just think it's a better. I I mean, I prefer Black and White. I prefer. I I think it's a lovely little story. Uh, attack. You've got to prepare yourself for for the convoluted mm. story. Yeah, true. Um, I think. I think some of the... I would love to see Lytton in Tomb of the Cybermen. 
well, well. We've talked that, that there most yeah. probably were other stories with Lytton, and, yes, and how yeah. nice would that have been? Yes. Oh, that would have been good. Um, but yeah, Tomb is... I, I mean, uh, I suppose at some point we probably need to do our top 10 Doc 2 stories or something. Um, a ways down, because it might... That's a long way down. Give things away. But... Um, as, as a sort of spoiler, um, yeah, I, I think this is in my top five. Mm. I'm not sure it is a classic. Quick, yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, behind the scenes. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't know how much of this you know. All right. So uh, Toberman was originally going to be deaf. Yes. In, I think in the book he's deaf. Oh, is he? Right, okay. Yeah, that explains why there's, you know, not so much in the way of uh, speech from him. Yeah, I don't know whether they were going to make something of, you know, comparing the fact that he's got a hearing aid to sight. You know, I don't know whether there's... I think there was going to be some sort of, yeah, you're you're already part augmented, you know. Yeah, I mean, Mm. because he wasn't in, in in the TV version, he's not so much... Hard of hearing is hard of acting, isn't it? <laughs> yes, this is very true. This is very true. Um, the role of the professor, um, yeah. somebody who went for that, was uh, Desmond Llewellyn. Yeah, he would, he would have been alright. So, was Desmond Llewellyn... Yeah, he was in the Bond was, films by yeah, then, he was wasn't he? Because he, he was Boothroyd in From Rush With Love. That's and right. He was Q and from Goldfinger on this. That's right, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, first choice for Eric Kleeg was, yeah. and I can never say his name, he's the creepy doctor from UFO. Oh, I love it. Uh, yeah, he's... Vladek Scheibel, I think his yeah. name is. Yeah, he, he was I first choice, him. but he already had another job. Yeah. So he couldn't he, do it. He was, he was the other vaguely foreign-looking yes. person you went Untrustworthy. to. Untrustworthy, yes. What, and I love in UFO the fact that he... He's he starts off as this oh my god villainous thing, and then as you get on, he's he's one of the good guys. He's slightly morally dubious, but he's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like, he's such a good actor. Yep. And um, he died a while back, didn't he? Yeah. We should do UFO in character. We should, yeah. That's one day, one day after all the others. Add it to the list. Yes, yeah. Um, this is the earliest Patrick Troughton to exist in its entirety. Yeah. And Sad it was. Though. Yeah, and it's the only serial from his first two seasons to survive until uh, they found Enemy of the World in Nigeria in 2013. Um, When you and I went down to WH Smith's and bought this on home video, um, it actually beat and outsold uh, the home video release of Aliens. Really? Yeah, in 1992, yes. That's weird to think (laughs) This is the story that Matt Smith chose to watch yes. to research for yeah, playing the that. doctor yeah and uh, apparently that's where he got the idea of wearing a bow tie was from watching yeah. tomb of the cybermen um toberman right the character of toberman roy stewart okay he's one of seven brothers who arrived in england from jamaica in the late 1940s he had ambitions to become a doctor but uh, changed his plans after he appeared in several um, small roles in films and uh, started off as a stuntman, all right? Right. Um, In 1954, he opened one of the first gyms in the UK that allowed all races to train there. 
That's shocking, isn't it? It was 1954 before we got the first people who were progressive enough to allow all races to go into a, um, into a sports centre. Everyone's welcome, except the Irish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it is weird when you, you sort of look into the history of racism and just, you know, how I, I, I'm appalled it's in my lifetime so many yeah. of the changes that happened happened you know while i was still alive yeah shocking yep in the 1960s he opened the globe a caribbean restaurant and nightclub in bayswater and he remained in charge of it until he died all right um is he in is he the same guy from terror the autumns no he's not no i i have a selected filmography now for roy okay and i know him from so many of these and when you know it's him, it's like, oh, yeah, that's him. Yep, that's him. That's him. Um, funnily enough, he was in Hammer's version of The Mummy, okay, the Christopher Lee right. one, uh, where he played Slave. Oh, what a surprise. Yeah. Yep. He was in Curse of the Mummy's Tomb as a bearer in the museum. In She, he was a black guard. He was also in Out of the Unknown. He was in The Saint. You get an idea of what sort yeah. of roles he would be in these things. I mean, you said earlier, ITC. Well, here we go. The Saint. He was in Slave Girls, another Hammer film. Adam Adamant Lives. He was in The Avengers. Carry On Up the Jungle, right? Oh. No. Right. Carry On Up the Jungle, you've got Bernard Breslau. In Blackface. In Blackface. His second in command was Nosha. Who is Roy Stewart? <laughs> so, oh dear. He was in Up Pompeii. He was in Twins of Evil. And I know him very well from Twins of Evil. He's like the guard who is like guarding the vampire. And there's a very famous still of him with a whacking great big like chopper in his head. Yeah. You don't see it really in the film. But yeah, he gets this huge great chopper to his head to kill him at the very end. Okay. Um, in Live and Let Die, he played Quarrel. It, oh, right, yeah. Yeah. yeah in Rent a Ghost. Finally a decent part film. Yeah, that weren't too bad, Quarrel in Li- Live and Let Die. But then in Rent a Ghost, oh, he played a genie. Okay. Right? And then I thought of you. He was in Space 1999. Ooh. In Season 2, Episode 1, The Metamorph, yeah. he played Tall Alien in Cave. That's a part you want on your resume. Well, for once he's covered up. For once he's in in prosthetics, and it doesn't matter what race you are, I guess. I guess he got that because he was a tall person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Right. In the role of Kaftan, Shirley Cooklin, we've talked about her. Uh, This is the famous time. Yeah, she was married at the time to Peter Bryant, the producer. Uh, their marriage was totally on the rocks at this point. Uh, I think they eventually uh, divorced in 70, but on first day of filming, Jamie Fraser <laughs> yeah. thinks he'll like muscle in, not realising yeah, yeah. that's the wife of the boss. Man, yeah. <laughs> Is there anyone he didn't try it on with apart from Patrick Troughton? Yeah, I don't think so. Bless him. He was young. He was young, young and virile, yes. And then, yeah, Eric Klieg, George Pastel, all right, as I say, in tons and tons of things. Um, Again, he was in Hammer's first Mummy film. He was Mehmet Bey in The Mummy. He was in Stranglers of Bombay, 
where he was a priest of Kali. He was in... No, it's all right. There's a um, like a four-disc set that you can get for like ten pounds yeah. with their you, you, you know more drama-orientated films. It's all right. Um, Conga with old Michael Goff, the celestial toy maker. Yeah. Um, he was in a Tarzan film, and I bet you can guess what sort of role he was in. He was in Tarzan's Three Challenges, which is I think a mid-sixties one. Scott. Yes, yeah. Then he was in uh, From Russia with Love, where he played the train conductor. Oh, right. I didn't know he was in that. Yeah. They're not exactly like, high up on the cast no. list roles, are they? Um, Curse of the Mummy's Tomb, where he played Hashmi yep. Bay. Then he was in She. He was in Out of the Unknown as well. He was in The Avengers as well. The Champions, Department S, The Saint. It goes on and on and on. And on. Yeah. It's what you're saying. If you want someone vaguely Middle Eastern, you'd go for George, wouldn't you? Yes, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it was, yeah, if you wanted someone vaguely Middle Eastern and vaguely villainous. Yeah. yeah. Who can act as well. He's a good oh, actor. Yeah, he's a good actor. Yeah. Well, I think, um, I, I, he's not particularly great in this, but I think um, uh, Roy Stewart. I mean, I know he must have gone up for the same sort of parts as Dave Prowse. I think he's a much better actor than Dave Prowse. Mm. You know, I don't. I, I think it, it's always pushing it to call Dave Prowse an actor at all. Mm. You know, I mean, yeah, it's. I suppose, yeah, it's just sad to think that. I mean, I suppose it probably is the same. Probably the same now, but it's just sad to think that, like your your colour or your sex would. Be a hindrance. Yeah, be a hindrance. It's yeah. just outrageous. Well, it's good that everyone thinks that now. We're moving into more well, better I, I times. I hope everyone thinks that. Well, I hope so. Yes. Um, I'd like to seen, think uh, it. Yeah. Mm. I've seen some comments about uh, like Jodie Whittaker and that. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure we no. moved that far. All right. Okay. All right. So I don't know how we're going to do the next bit, Ian, uh, because yeah, we score we've got our three ratings. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, design-wise, I suppose oh, we could look at costumes. Well, we? I've I've just forgotten a bit, yeah. right? When you say costumes, okay, I'd forgotten a little bit of information, which is about the costumes in the original script, right? Yeah. The costumes were described as kaftan was meant to be wearing a flowery, colourful dress. Okay. That's which something he, you want to wear when you go... On an expedition, yeah. Yep. And then Toberman was meant to be wearing a shirt of the same pattern. That was meant to be a visual clue that he's, oh, you know, aligned with her. Um, Klieg was meant to be impeccably dressed, which he wasn't. And the rest were meant to be scruffy and untidy looking, which I guess they are. Well, I mean, that's interesting, because had they gone with that scruffy and untidy, would they have been more like the Nostromo crew? Yeah. Before, you know... Especially Hopper and Jim, you know, the pilots. Yeah, they could have been. Because they're sort of, I mean, I don't... Their costumes don't work too well, because I love the fact they've got little rockets on their... Shirts and, <laughs> um, and the caps are terrible. There's definitely a a sub uh, forbidden planet yeah. sort of vibe going on. But I do like the archaeology. I like the fact they were wearing sort of space anoraks. Yeah. Um, similar similar cut and similar design in that. Yeah. I, I I think the 
the costumes work really well. And I do like Toberman's costume. I, I mean, God knows where they, you know, that T-shirt is so tight that he's wearing it. He's showing off his muscles, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, it looks good, though, yeah. yeah. So what do we do? Do we focus on one character and give Ooh, the ratings for that or try and come up with a generic for all well, three? I, I th- well, I, my, my gut feeling is we should do all three separately. But I don't do you want to do happen. that, then? Yeah, Shall we, yeah we can I think do that. so, because they're such different... I don't want to. I don't want to sort of ruin one for the sake of another. Sort of All right. Well, no, 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 no. That's perfectly fine. Who do you want to do first? So well, to let's, speak. Let's do Toberman first. Toberman. All right. Yeah. So design-wise, Toberman. Toberman. Cyberman. Toberman. Cyberman. <laughs> Never really thought about that before. <laughs> okay. Uh, design-wise, I really like his outfit. I think it's really good. I like the look of him. I like it. So I would give him a. Uh, a solid six and a half. For the well, I, g- I gave him six. Yeah. All right. Just thinking about it then. So that's 6.25. All right. Okay. Caftan. Uh, Let's talk about Caftan next then for Kaftan. design. <coughs> um, I, I just, a, a bit like Barbara, I can't get over her hair. And I don't think many like birds flying over can I'm get guessing that's hair. a wig. Not, don't you think? I, th- I, I would imagine It's got to be so, a wig. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I... I don't think there's enough special about her really to push her above average, and um, that hair. So I, I'm going to give her a, a disappointed four. That's what I said. Yeah. All right. Okay, Captain gets a four, and then Cleeg. Cleeg, I I do like this look. I mean, I like the fact that in the first episode he's he's wearing this almost almost World War Two-ish wind cheater type thing. It looks like a tank jacket, tanker's jacket, um, and I like the the whole archaeological bag look thing. Um, so I'm going to give him I'm going to give him a seven and a half. Oh, I've got to get the calculator out now. Um, yeah, I like him, but I only gave him a six. Right. Okay, so put them together. That's 6.75. All right, so he's the highest out of our three right. on design, right? Yeah. So what about effectiveness for Toberman? Toadman, I, I don't think it's any fault of, of Roy Stewart. Uh, I, I don't think he, it comes across particularly well. They, I think they can't, they, they've written the character as too dumb. Perhaps if he, I mean, it sounds awful, doesn't it? Perhaps if he'd have had the hearing aid plot points, he could have mm-hmm. done a bit yeah. more with it. Um, but as he is, yeah, I, I, he's, he's very middle of the road. I'm going to give him a five. Exactly what I've got. Yeah. Okay, that's a five for Toberman. Kaftan, how Kaftan. effective? I I don't like this actress. Well, I don't. That's that, I shouldn't say that because I can't think I've seen her in anything else. She might be great in other stuff. I, she's not particularly good in this, and she seems a bit. Like I say there's a couple of shots where you think, well, did she mean to do that? What's mm. going on? Um, I I can only give her a three. A three? Oh my yeah. goodness, that is low. All right, I I just thought she was average, so I stayed at five for her. So she gets a four. Perhaps I'm sexist. (laughs) And then Toberman. Uh, We don't Toberman. Uh, Oh, sorry, Cleague, sorry. Cleagie. Cleagie, I absolutely love him. I think he's... There's a couple of bits where uh, George fluffs his lines, um, but I can't hold that against him the way they used to film this. 
Um, I'm going to give him, and I'm, I might be being a bit too generous here, but I do love the character, I love the way he plays him. I'm going to give him a, a generous eight. An eight, all right. Yeah. I gave him seven and a half. Yeah. That's easy to calculate. That's 7.75 then. All right. All right. <coughs> Let's put all these together and see what caravans all three. Will any of them caravan. be in the yeah. same caravan? You know. Yeah. All right. Let's do um, Toberman first. 6.25 plus 5 divided by 2 equals 5.625. So 5.6. All right, okay. so Toberman is 5.6. He's in a caravan all by himself. Oh, well, he's a big man, so... Maybe he needs well. it, yes. Uh, next one up the road at... F oh, no, 5.6. He goes there, sorry. Um, so next one up the road from him is 5.9, where we've got the Carrier Knights, Bok, and the Hemavore Ancient One. And... Next down the road, if he needs some milk or anything, we've got Azal and the Vord. Right. All right. I think he'd get on well with Azal. Yeah, I, th I, I think so. Yeah. All right. And then Kaftan, four plus four. I reckon <laughs> so, she's going to end up with a quark or something. So that's a four. Her adversary rating is a four. We do not have a caravan number four really? either. She's on the way. She's on her own. Next up the road, you've got Sontar and Val. Okay. Okay, and um, next one down, you've got Don Bannerman. Oh, right. Hmm. I think she'd, she'd be better off staying in her caravan. I would stay honest. put, yeah. All right, so... There's an upgrade there. Yeah, indeed. I think old Klieg might be higher up the caravan park. So 7.75 plus 6.75... Divided by 2 equals 7.25. Have we got a 7.25? Nope, he's in a caravan he's all by himself. Wow, what are the chances of them all getting caravans by All themselves? three are by themselves. Right. Next one up the road is the half-face man. Oh, okay. All right. And next one down, you've got Soul Deed and the Kraals. I, I, can you imagine a scene with Soldeed and <laughs> and Klieg? No, 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 no. The the, <laughs> the the caravan park wouldn't be able to um, take it, would it? No, I don't. I think I think it would break several local planning laws <laughs> somehow. Oh my goodness, the egos, the egos. All right, okay. So that's done. Before we go, um, I just like to mention iTunes. All right, oh, before we go. Um, because, um, you know, iTunes, we're on iTunes, and um, it would be nice if, you, you know, we could get reviewed and um, star rated a bit more. Because, of course, the way iTunes works is you don't really come to any sort of prominence until people start leaving reviews yeah. and ratings. And right now, I mean, you know, we're putting these shows out, but I don't think many people you know just oh yeah, i want to listen to a podcast yeah. about um you know about doctor who i don't think we figure very highly so listener um if you're liking what we're doing um it'd be really nice if you could go to itunes and you know give us a review or a rating because it does bump us up a bit and we do get exposed ooh, uh, yeah. um, to more potential listeners yeah. so that would be and very it, nice and if you're liking it 
then you presumably want other people to have the same wonderful experience yeah. you've had. <laughs> There's that as if, well. If you if you didn't like it, then please, please bugger off. Don't, yes, and uh, don't leave. <laughs> don't leave it down. Don't, don't. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought you might like to know, Ian, where we are right yeah. now. I checked. Do you know, yeah. would you like to know what our top three iTunes downloads oh, according are. to uh, according to the iTunes rating. Because uh, I, I, I don't use iTunes myself. I'm not a, a great fan of Apple. Um, right. Uh, I'm a Windows and uh, Android man. Right. <laughs> well, Android would be perfect for this episode. But, uh, yeah, so I, I've no idea on this. I don't, I don't know. This would, be in, this would be quite interesting. Well, this is... I, the first two I understand because... Yeah. I, Sometimes the most popular ones are the most recent ones, so you, yeah. you know you get them more downloads. So it's not really a surprise that uh, number one is the Celestial Toy Maker right now, wow. um, and in the second place is Litten. All right. Wow. Yeah, so the two latest ones. Yeah, but the third one, I'm very surprised. Our third most downloaded, you know, yeah. character at the moment is Ratcliffe. Really. Mm. I wonder if that's on the strength of it's a popular story. That now, is, is it because strange. there's Daleks in it? Is it Sylvester McCoy? I don't know. It's, it's, it's strange because it's, it's not weird. even our it's not even our latest. No, it's um, it, it's quite old now yeah. that one, but it's third. Hmm. I mean, it'd be interesting to know what the download pattern is. If if you listen to say the latest one. Are you more? Are you likely to then go and search out our back catalogue? Mm. I mean, that's assume, I mean, I'm presuming that everyone that listens to this, if you're new listening to this, you've seen this side man, and you, you come, then um, yeah, pretty, uh, we, we've done how many episodes now of this? This is oh, what episode is this? I've got it on my piece of paper here somewhere. Where is it? Yeah. Episode forty something. Episode forty so, something. <clears throat> so have a, have a have a look back, and there might be some episodes that you want, you know, that we've covered previously. Yes. If you have a particular doctor that you're um, more inclined to, um, you yeah. know, have a listen to, you know, this is our <laughs> what third time round. Third with... time round. So there's at least three episodes for each doctor. Some yes. doctors get more because we do the specials. I think that's where, like, with Neozaz, because obviously you can you can click on the Neozaz link and it will show you all the old ones. But yeah, I'm not. I don't know. It's been so long since I've searched for something on iTunes. I'm not entirely sure how the algorithms would work. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Please, please like us. Where we need your, we need your uh, affirmation. Basically, Leave a review. Yeah. Basically, Ian and I are saying we want to be exposed. Yes. More to the world, don't yeah. we? Yes. We, we want we, we want more people to uh, listen and laugh and write complaining <laughs> emails. To us. All right. Well, listening um, yes. next time. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's uh, it's old John Pertwee. John Pertwee, and it's my choice. And now, uh, you said you had to buy this one as well. No, 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 no. That's no? the fifth Doctor. Oh, fifth Doctor. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing the third, then I'm doing the fifth. The fifth one I okay. do have to buy. This one I've had for quite some time. Cool. So I'm all right. You know, we're post-Christmas. I've got absolutely no money. Doesn't matter. I've got that sitting on the shelf. All right. Um, again, to you, Ian, and you, listener, see if you can guess this. Yeah. I'm going to give you a clue. Let's see if you can guess it. So it's third Doctor. 
and what shall I say? I will say it's possibly one of the biggest adversaries we will ever discuss. Okay, let me think, let me think, let me think. Um, so, big adversaries. Well, there's the uh, there's the uh, great one, the no. big old spider. Nope. Not her? Bigger than her? Ooh. Yes. Um, bigger than her. We've done Azal, so he was pretty lanky, wasn't he? Um, bigger than that. Do you mean bigger in size or bigger? Yeah, in no, physically bigger. Physically bigger. The only one off okay. the top of my head that I can think bigger than this would be Kroll from the Power of Kroll. Right. Blimey. I'm running through every episode in my... Have you got this, now. listener? Are you screaming at Ian now, yeah, saying, oh, it's yeah. obvious, it's... Bop, bop, bop. It's, it's like a quiz show. It's different when you're... <laughs> yes. You're on the radio. Um, no, I don't know. Go All right, I, I'm going to give you a... a right, a this must do it. This must do it. Picture, Ian, a, a clear plastic bowler hat. Clear plastic bowler hat. Well, that's... Oh, is it the Drashigs? Yay! Oh, right. The Drashigs. Yeah, Carnival of Monsters. I thought we'd done the Drashigs already. We have not done the Drashigs. We've not. God, I promise you. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're big, big buggers, the Drashigs. Oh, big I buggers. Like that that's a good, I've watched that recently as well, so... Okay, I good, watch cool. It again. Cool. Um, yeah, because uh, um, there was I heard something literally on the radio on Saturday about Polari, you know, the, the language that uh, yeah. Morg uses. Uh, that is quite interesting. Um, oh, so bring that remind, along. Yeah, you'll have to remind me to tell you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be a funny one, this, because really, if you think about Carnival of Monsters, really... There are no adversaries. No. It's all complete misconceptions and misunderstandings and not knowing things. But they are a threat. Oh, they're a definite threat. Yeah. Yes. I mean, they're, uh, they're Joe's worst nightmare, aren't they? they <laughs> yeah. Out of all the things she's seen, <laughs> you know, wow. and, and we're, we're inclu- in, including some of the uh, rather smarmier, you know, unit um, yeah. people... Um, it's, yeah, it's the Drashigs. It's the Drashigs yeah. that's her threat. Yes, so yeah, Drashigs oh, next good. time, okay? Good one. Good, 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 good. All right, okay. All right, well, see you back there. So, so see you back here next. Back sorry, here, it's getting yeah. a bit late. It's nearly nine o'clock. It's, um, it's past our bedtime. Way past. I mean, we are over two hours long now. Wow. Well, still listening. Hello? It's an epic length story podcast for an epic length story shall we say it well, that way a, yeah it's, a, it's an epic story and it i think it deserves the careful and considered opinions that we did plus we had two yeah. plus we had two and a half adversaries so it should be That's two true, and a half yeah. times long this 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 should be the equivalent of three episodes can you break it up and we'll, <laughs> we'll get three episodes out of it i'll no, try it's been a fun one it's been a definite fun one yeah well thank you for choosing it no problem all right, and we'll see you next time in colour. Yeah, in colour on the miniscope. And boy, is it in colour. Is it in colour? Oh, my goodness. we got things to say about some of the uh, costume yeah. choices in that. CSO alert. CSO. Yes, indeed. All right. <laughs> Cheers, then, Ian. Right. Thanks, Ian. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.